the land of mystery where dreams become reality always listening to stories from the past the present and the future this is back to your story All right, all right, all right. There we go. Really sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, a big shout out to Mike Dukoff <laughs> for uh, taking care of it. So um, how are we doing? Great. I, uh, I, w- I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It, 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 it means a lot to me. Um, I remember when we were speaking in Vegas at the, uh, the Maroon 5 concert, yeah. and, um, and, and I brought it up to you. I was like, I was thinking in my head, like, I, I want to ask him. Like, you just, because every time I've met you, you just shared incredible stories about <laughs> your, your, your life. And I was like, fuck, I got to bring this guy on. And, uh, and, and sure as shit, you said, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I like to tell these stories. Yeah. <clears throat> it's hard. It's hard not to be accused of name dropping. Yeah. Because it's just that, you know, people are like, oh, you dropped some. Well, uh, this is just really the part of the story, you know? Uh, of, of I'm course. sorry. Ozzy Osbourne was there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to change his name. No, you no. Not- so, you know, and, and it sounds it sounds kind of funny. So maybe a disclaimer here. There will be a lot of name dropping in this. Yes, But yes. I'm not doing it to drop the names. No. It's just easier to say who it is than Absolutely. to disguise it. <laughs> you know, it's not name dropping. You're sharing stories and people enjoy it. I mean. It, it's enjo- And it's fun for me to do. I really I enjoy it because it's fun to see people's reactions. Absolutely. And a lot of times, too, it's fun to talk about like people have their own ideas of what these certain people are like. And it's fun to like go, oh, yeah, that guy's really cool. Absolutely. Or sometimes <laughs> that guy's a douche. Not so know? much. I did that today. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so, um, so kind of just kind of taking it back from the beginning. Where did you grow up? I was born in Van Nuys. Oh. Just Right over the hill. So growing growing up in Van Nuys, you is that kind of where you stayed, or did you kind of? Yeah, I lived in the valley. God, probably up until almost two thousand. Oh shit! Yeah. Well, I, when I was real little, we moved to San Francisco for a short time. Okay. But um, we didn't stay there. My dad was a bit of a charlatan. Oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we didn't spend much time there. He was a sales guy. There we go. So he was kind of bounced around a lot, but it was almost always Van Nuys, Burbank area. You know. When you were younger, um, what did you like aspire to be? Oh wow, that's a good question. There was my brother-in-law's dad was a carpenter. Okay, and he said that I, he was a great guy. He's passed away. He was wonderful, but he said that I should be a plumber because all you need to know is shit flows downhill. <laughs> <laughs> should have been a comedian. Well, yeah, and I was kind of like, okay, maybe I'll be a plumber. Yeah, but. My, I was always interested in music. Like even when I was a little kid, you know, like I was born in 1960. Okay. So I grew up, um, um, you know, with the Monkees and the Beatles and all yeah. that stuff. And I had four older sisters, so wow, you know, there was Beatles <laughs> records everywhere, and Paul McCartney's picture was circled in every Beatles record. <laughs> I'm sure. So yeah, so I, so that got me interested. And of course, the Monkees, you know, watching it as a kid. Seeing all the girls chasing him, I was like, "Wow, that's got to be where it's at." Absolutely. If you if you're hiding from girls, you're doing something wrong. (laughs) And and during that era, um, because you know, my generation, we don't understand what it was like when the Beatles came out. What was that like? I mean, 
I can tell you one of my early memories is involves with the San Francisco thing when I was real little. Okay. At some point we had to go back up there for something. And I remember my dad having us in the car and going as fast as he could to get back to Burbank because the Beatles were going to be on Ed Sullivan and they wanted to get home in time to see that. It wasn't, you know, you couldn't yeah. record it. No you DVR. Missed it. You missed it. Yeah. You know? So um, I I can vaguely remember that or maybe I remember my mom talking about it. For sure. But yeah, like that my dad was just in the station wagon going as fast as he could so that we'd get That's home in time so to see That's so crazy. That. I mean, this generation doesn't understand what that was like. Yeah. Uh, no DVR, no TiVo, none, none of that shit, right? No internet, yeah. no, nothing. And um, so you, you watched it or you didn't. And mm-hmm. with the Beatles, they've been so iconic. Um, even your parents, you know, rushing home. Uh, to yeah. Watch it. And, and they weren't, you know, like rock music fans. For sure. But it, they were just everything to every, to almost everyone. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. really huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even, even to this day. I mean, I, uh, you know, I'm 33. I don't know how the younger generation below me perceives the Beatles, but I know my generation and like the millennials and, and beyond, uh, fuck man, the Beatles are, are, are one of the most iconic, if it's not crazy. the most iconic bands of all time. And, uh, what they only did music for like 10 years. I right? know. Isn't that funny? <laughs> you know, a statistic that I yeah. saw. Guns N' Roses. Okay. It took them, I don't know how many years to put out an album where there was a period where they were working on an album for something like 10 years. And I read a statistic that the Beatles had formed, changed the world, and broken up in less time than it took Guns N' Roses to complete that album. I, I, this spaghetti incident or whatever, I forget what it was called. But Are yeah, you serious? That, all of that ta- ta- span of time that the Beatles, in less time than that, had done what they did. That is incredible, man. You know, and I get people a lot, you know, because as we're going to go into yeah. people that I get to be around and of course. become acquainted with, um, who people would think many of them are iconic in their own way. Of course. But people are like, is there anybody that really, like, you get starstruck, yeah. you know? And I got to tell you, I've stood right next to Paul McCartney. I've stood next to him three times. Are you fucking kidding and me? And I cannot talk to him i can't <laughs> speak to him i get i'm right now yes. getting goosebumps just talking about I, there was one time where it was even uncomfortable it was me and him standing alone next to each other and i know he's just waiting for me to say yes. something and i'm just like i can't do it I can't oh do it. my gosh <laughs> and i still it was just a few years ago the last time what i stood fuck? right by him and i just can't do it and he's the most approachable guy yeah. in the world i stood there and watched people walk up to him and go, hey, nice to meet you. I'm so-and-so. And I'm just standing there like, blah, 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 blah. you know, like I That's can't That's insane. I mean, especially for someone uh, with your career and the things that you've yeah. done, the people you met. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's Sir Paul McCartney, man. I mean, I, I can understand that. But he's so friendly, yes. you know? I mean, yeah. like, I talked to this, like, a, there's people I know that are involved with him a little okay. bit. And I try to kind of hint around that maybe they'll introduce me to him. Yes. Because, you know, and they don't ever buy it. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like this, he had this girl that was in charge of a security one place where I was near him years ago. And she goes, just walk up to him and introduce yourself. He's 
been a Beatle for a long time. Yes. He knows yes. how to do yes. this. Yes. Did you see him on the James Cardone thing? Yes, that was spectacular. Man, that was so fucking cool. Just to see him. I mean, I, what is he in his, his mid seventies? Something like that. Yeah. It, just to see him out there, freaking doing it. I mean, it's just I- I- incredible. Uh, but <laughs> that's so funny that you <laughs> can't talk to. Him. I can't. Well, do. you got to you got to make it a plan in your head next time you get around to him. You're just gonna fucking do it. I just gotta do it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Just just rip the bandaid off. So um so so growing up at Van Nuys, growing up in the Valley, uh, did you play in bands? What was that like? I didn't. At first, I took guitar lessons. My dad got me an acoustic guitar for Christmas and forced me to take lessons that I didn't enjoy. And um, so there was a guitar around all the time. Yeah. Then I got to high school, and I still had that guitar. And in high school was where I started to kind of get interested a little more. I started listening to, to Yes. Okay. And that really, really got me going, you know, just like everybody was listening to Jethro Tull and Led Zeppelin and everything. Of course. Which I should have listened to more and <laughs> should have paid more attention. I kind of regret it now okay. because I was like the yes guy. Every day I had a yes t-shirt <laughs> and I wouldn't talk about anything but yes, you know. What was that? It just was my thing. You okay, know? And, okay. But Chris Squire, okay. the bass player yeah. for yes, he was got me interested in playing bass. And so I was like, I, I remember somebody telling me, there used to be the Recycler newspaper and there was ads for musicians. Somebody said, go look at that. Look how many people are looking for guitar players. Nobody. There's like five or six ads for guitar players. Everybody needs a bass player. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I'm just like, you're right. You know? <laughs> so I went and got a bass and, and started playing bass. So that was kind of my instrument. But yeah, I, I started playing in bands. Okay. How old are you? I was about 20. Oh shit, a little No, bit a little younger. I was a little I was like 18 and I I had a bass but I didn't really know how to play it. Okay. I was kind of trying to trying to play along with yes songs and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, you know, <laughs> your first drive is to the moon. <laughs> I mean, it's like come on, you know, yeah, it's good difficult. Luck. For sure. <clears throat> and um so I was struggling with that and actually this guy that knows Mike Dukoff, he's a, okay. a guy named Kenny Rich okay. in the valley. He owns a a keyboard repair and he does all the analog keyboards nice everyone he works for everybody and uh but at the time he was just a guy that worked at sir and lived in my sister's apartment building and she goes oh this guy kenny you know he plays piano he he says he needs a bass player why don't you and i go nancy i don't know how to play (laughs) and she goes just come down you know and then of course she gets him on the phone with me and he's like come on down come on you know and wow so i get over there and like I said, I don't know what to do. And he starts showing me what to play. He's like, well, play these notes, you know, and stuff. For sure. So I'm playing along with him, and he was rehearsing at SIR. And he was a songwriter and stuff, and he had some songs, and I learned them with him. And so it was really cool. And then I went to, I just, you know, I was like 18, 19. Sure. I Young wanted, Buck. You know, I wanted to play in a metal band or something, <laughs> you know? And his stuff was kind of R&B. And I told him, I remember, I said, Kenny, you know, I, I go, there's this band I want to join, you know, that's out in, in Northridge and they're called, they're called Force Field. Okay. And they're, they're, you know, they play like all kinds of cool stuff like Rush and Zeppelin. That's your, yeah. You know, and, and he goes, he got really mad and he goes, you know, whatever, go ahead, have fun playing ACDC <laughs> and Backyard Parties in Reseda, <laughs> right? And I just said, okay, I'm sorry you feel that way. He's like, whatever, just do, do your thing, you know? And uh, so I went and joined this band. And I kid you not, I remember when it struck me like, 
a month and a half later, I'm in a backyard party in Reseda playing ACDC. Of course. You know? Of course. Of but course. I was having a good time. Yeah, you know? absolutely. It was, it was really fun. And uh, and we did just all kinds of cover songs, and, and we played all these parties everywhere in the valley. It was so fun. Wow, that's that's uh, that, that's phenomenal. I'm really excited about this one. So, um, so so you started doing that, and then you look back and you're like, this dude is freaking right, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, he's right. But at the same time, I was having fun. That's all that so matters. I was right? right too, you know. Oh, of course. And what's funny is I know Ken now, and you know Mike Dukov knows him, and. and just about anybody that plays keyboards knows Ken Rich wow. audio, you know, for and, sure. and I love to see him because I didn't see him for years, you know, and he's still, you know, every time I see, he, we get around, he, like, he told, tells people, he's like, this guy's the greatest bass player in the world. <laughs> and I'm like, you just say that because yes. I played what you told yes. me to, you know, <laughs> I really never mastered the instrument, you know, I got so I could play songs for and sure. I, I could play, you know, songs but i never had that creative genius or whatever to really play original I, stuff well, i i get it know. but um you know something obviously must have happened because your your entire life has now been surrounded by music yeah right? you know which thankfully. is which is fucking phenomenal after that point you're playing the backyard parties what was next oh next i well then you got to play in an original band you okay. know you've been doing all this well now you want to be a rock star yes. so you've got to do original stuff and i found these guys in uh, um in san gabriel valley that uh needed a bass player and they were called Hostage. Okay. And they were getting ready to do like the Troubadour and the, you know, yeah, all the sure. clubs, the Country Club and Reseda and all that stuff. And they were all original and it was serious. Not, you know, we're not, we're doing this for real. Yeah. And so that was really when I got interested. And at the time I worked at Prudential Insurance in, in Woodland Hills. So you're doing insurance. Well, no, I was, I was working in the home office. Okay. But like... It was great because I had a full-time job with benefits and everything, and I'm playing in a band at night. And it, was, you were... it was perfect. And there was no dress code at Prudential, so I could have long oh, hair shit. and do whatever I Gosh. wanted. Yeah. And how old were you? Probably about 23. Damn. Okay. When so it's 20, 23. What, what, what ended up happening with that band? Well, you know, we played all the clubs. We got involved with this kind of a deal where we were making a demo, and then... Oh God! What, oh, and then I got married. All right. And they were really bummed about that, so they kicked me out. They're like, "We can't have anybody married in our band. It's all about oh, the chick." Oh shit! So they kicked me out, but then they asked me back. No fucking way. Yeah, they they were like, "Okay, well, you can be married and be back." So Are you serious? Back. Yeah. But then the marriage started going south. Okay, okay, you know? okay. But then, <laughs> so so it was kind of funny. So I went back in, and not long after that, I kind of. To be honest, yeah. was we were like a hair metal band, yes, but a little heavier, you okay. know, kind of like the Scorpions meet Judas Priest. All right, all right, wow. And um, so there was, yeah, we're a little heavier than than your basic pop hair metal for band. sure. But then when Poison made it, I was because we thought we were so much better than them. Okay, and then they like took over the world, fucking blew up. They were huge, and. It was just, to me, it was just like, you know what? This is just, I can't do this. No. So I went to be an insurance agent. Like I worked in the home office and then they said, hey, you know, you can be an agent, make a lot more money, you know? So I went to be an insurance agent. What? And that lasted like a month. Okay. 
You know, I, like you're supposed to set up 15 appointments a week. Yeah, yeah. In the whole month, I set up two appointments. And I didn't <laughs> go to either one of them. What were you doing? Just partying? Just or? drinking. Okay. Yeah. I would like, I was, at the time, I drank a lot. So I'm just like, I can't go to this appointment. I got beer. I'm yeah, drinking all that. day. And you what know? year was this? Huh? This was... Oh, probably 86. Okay. Around then. The year I was uh, born. That not that funny? Yeah, that's fucking I crazy. get that from people like, I'll tell you the story. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> but yeah. That's, that's so fucking crazy to me because like even just talking to you, you have this like youthful spirit about you. I've, I've always felt that. like It's just that I've never really grown up. Well, and that's fucking awesome. <laughs> no, I, I love that. I, I, there is something to say about individuals as they get older uh, when they lose that 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 childish spirit about them, um, things change. I, I have one of my best friends, you know, just turned fifty years old, about to turn fifty, and um, you would think that he's like thirty five, right? Yeah. And 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 the same thing with you, just your your spirit. I mean, and, and obviously your your career. It's just uh, th- things are different. Yeah, things it's kind of yeah. It's like you know, I don't. I don't think I own a suit. You know? <laughs> I have, but I don't think go. I do now. And, and so I can't imagine you doing, uh, you know, insurance. It was just so bad. It was just the worst move ever. But they had a deal where, like, if you go to be an agent, you don't get to come back to your old job. Okay. So when that didn't work out, I was like out. You know, fun. now I've worked there for seven years. Got oh. paid every Friday. Had benefits you know now i'm just this guy that drinks a lot and drives around and doesn't have a job and you're like mid to late 20s yeah so and i'd been divorced yeah so i i moved in with my sister and she was just going through a divorce too so we moved in together and i was doing construction because her husband was a construction contractor so he gave me a job doing construction so i started and i'm pretty good at stuff like that for sure i can even though i didn't really know what i was doing and and him i still occasionally see the guy once in a great great while because he's my niece's dad all right so um and he's from lebanon and he he's a funny guy but he he just thought it was hilarious that he sent me to go get some two by fours like the first day i worked Uh uh-huh and I'm out there with my tape measure that I had just bought, and I'm measuring, and none of these boards are two by four. And I go back, I go, we don't have any two by fours. And he goes, we just dropped a whole load in the front yard. What are you talking about? Just go get me some two by fours. And I go back and I measure every one yes. of them. I come back, they're all one and a half by three. And he goes, Dave. That's a two by four. <laughs> and he's to the, every time I see him, he reminds me. <laughs> Just talking like, shit. I won't see him for 15 years. I'll see the guy. Yes, and he'll be like, remember that? And then now you never forget it. Because if you see it, you're like, exactly. oh, that's a two by four. Definitely <laughs> a fucking two by four. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and, and so you're doing construction. At, what I'm point? doing construction. And, and then I don't remember why I stopped working for him. I think because when him and my sister split up, it wasn't pretty. But um. Then, but I knew how to do framing by then, at least okay. somewhat. And so I was doing that in Lancaster. I was doing framing and drinking a lot. And uh, check, yeah. And and uh, we were doing piecework where you're kind of in a hurry. You get paid for each thing you do. And me and this guy are working in this house out there in the middle of Lancaster. And I was cutting a V in the end of a two by four. And to go over a bolt, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. so I'm cutting a V in the end of this thing with a, with a skill saw, which is a you know circular blade yes. skill saw thing deadly you know? uh, yeah i've had a couple friends chop their fingers yeah so yeah. i'm cutting a v and it binds up and comes back across my thumb oh and shit basically severs my thumb except for like the skin <gasps> right 
Oh, shit. Yeah, you can see. Yeah, there's like a Frankenstein scar there. See where the blade hit the bone and shifted there? All these years later, you still got that gnarly freaking scar, man. But it works fine. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, so so, uh, I had a great doctor. What did they do? They reattached it, basically. I mean, like I said, luckily the nerve on the front, like the pad, was still intact. Like the back, if you put an ice cube in my thumb right here, I feel it back here. It's weird. Holy shit. Yeah. Just just real quick, when that happened, did it fucking hurt? Were you freaking out? Yeah, you know, people go, oh, you know, he chopped his hand off and he didn't even realize it. It hurt so bad. Oh, no I mean, doubt it. It was just instant excruciating pain. And then I remember getting, like, the guy I'm working with, he had a oh. VW. And he, he takes his shirt off and throws it at me. And wrap, we yeah. wrap it up. He goes, let's go to, like, you know, we get in the car and he had a window on this a mirror. And as I closed the door, I looked in the mirror and I saw little sprays of blood oh on my face my where the blade had spun. <laughs> it Ooh, was so hairball. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. So, um. Uh, then you you freaking chop your finger off. Chop it's, my thumb off. <laughs> your thumb off. It's back on now. It heals. You know, I had that whole summer where I just hung around the pool in Lancaster. I don't doubt it. Oh. And uh, and uh, then it's time to go back to work. And not only did I not want to do that anymore. I don't doubt it. But the bottom had fallen out in the industry out there. Okay. It had overbuilt. All right. And there was no work anyways. Three months later, I'm just like, okay. So I'm about to get thrown out of my apartment because I was done with the work and workman's yeah. comp. And I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, and a friend of mine just happened to call me up. They call him Road Dog. Road Dog. And he worked for a band called Rat. Okay. Who, if, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know who Rat is, yeah. So we worked for them and, and, and we were talking and, uh, you know, I, told him, I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get kicked out of my apartment in like a week. And he goes, well, he goes, uh, why don't you do what I do? You know, I go, well, you know, I don't know. What do you mean? You know, and he says, well, y- you, you know about guitars and you're good at fixing stuff. He goes, be a guitar tech. And I'm like, all right. You mean like a roadie? You know, and he's like, yeah, that's yeah, what I do. Yeah. I go, well, how much do you make? He goes, I make 1500 a week, oh, which in 1988 yeah, was fucking a, sh- awesome a shit money. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I'm in. You know, Good I mean, check. I was happy yes. making $500 a week. That's you know, doing construction. I was getting $500. Like, I remember thinking, if I could just make $100 each day, I'm set for life. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so Whoa. then, yeah, so I'm like, wow, that's great, you know? So he goes, well, you know, you got to start off smaller you know get your foot in the door he goes i just kind of lucked out with rat because they got famous when i was working for him you know so then i'm like okay so and i remember he actually at one point when they were recording that round and round yeah yeah yeah. i remember him calling they were at sound city in panorama city and he called me up and he goes you ought to come down to the session it's kind of cool you know we're making this record it's going to be a big hit and i'm like this was before you even this is before that yeah when i was still doing construction what the fuck you know in in life they say that you'll meet three people that can take you to the next level most people won't even see one yeah this individual right here oh i've been so blessed i've I've seen them all but this this at this point in your life you're a week and a half away from getting kicked out being on the fucking street broke to now having an opportunity that is going to transform the rest of your life yes basically yeah wow wow shout out to road dog i know i do all him there's him and Bobby Brunner that are okay. mates rehearsal studio. Shout out to him too, Those man. two guys I owe everything to. So, so continue. Who They know each other. But anyways, so, yeah, so so uh, he goes, well, you got to do what I do, you know? And so I'm like, great. <laughs> yeah, fuck so, yeah. so he goes, I'll see if anybody needs a guy. 
<clears throat> so he, a couple days later, he calls me up and he's like, Dave, he goes, I found this band that needs a guy to help set up monitors. Can you do that? I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, and he goes, okay, great. He goes, they're called King Diamond. Okay. And I go, I go, never heard of them. He goes, yeah. He goes, they're a, a Danish heavy metal band. And King Diamond, it's like a guy, you know, yeah. in, in his band. He used to be in Merciful Fate, and I'd never heard of them either. Yep. So I'm like, okay. He goes, it's not much money. It's 200 bucks a week. He goes, but it's cash, and it's three months that you'll have a roof over your head. <laughs> that roof may be a Winnebago roof. All right, all right. But, you know, you're... What else? What else? You For got, sure, you that know? foot in the door. He goes, "It's a foot in the door," and and they're nice guys. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm in. You know, he goes, okay, well, you know, come down and stay at my house for a couple nights while they're doing rehearsals, and you can go. You I, know, I said, great. I, I want to stop you right here because for the listeners, at, at that point, you said yes. A, a lot of people out there, um, and this is not to put anyone down, might be scared to take an opportunity like that because. The money's low. You don't know what the fuck it is, right? But mm -hmm. but but there was something inside of you. Maybe it was just that you're at your end at that point. Yeah, that's really what that, it was. That, that, I mean, I had it. nothing else going on. God. There was there was no light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, the yes. tunnel stopped right it there. It stopped. But new so tunnel. I mean, it would have been crazy not to take it. Yeah. You know? Plus, I had never been anywhere. Wow. I literally the furthest I'd been from right there was I'd been to Phoenix to visit my dad. Okay. And I had been to Tijuana. So you'd been nowhere. Yeah. Phoenix, Tijuana. I think I went to Vegas once with my sister. Not traveled at all. Wow. And I was just like, you know. Fuck yeah. Sign might me Might as well. You know, I didn't have a girlfriend. I didn't have a job. No wife. I was about to get kicked out of Yeah, No wife or a girlfriend. <laughs> and, and so it was just kind of like, you know what? I'm out of here, you know? And I took it. And But the funniest thing was like I said, I didn't know who King Diamond was. And for, sure. for those listening to this, if you don't know who King Diamond is, you gotta Google him because okay. it's it's part of the story. Holy <laughs> shit. Because he's spectacular <laughs> with the makeup. But, you know, I, I, I gotta look this up while you're telling. I want you to continue the story. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna pull this up right here. Yeah. Holy so, shit. So so yeah, so so I I think okay, great. Danish heavy metal band, cool. You know, and then later that night MTV at the time. Now, like I said, this is 1988. Okay. They had a thing like on Friday nights, they had like a metal, I forget what they called it. And I thought, well, I'm going to watch that and see if they show a video by this King Diamond. Okay. You know? And so I turn it on. Now, like I said, there was no DVRs back then. Nothing, either. nothing. So I'm like, okay, you know, and it says tonight hosted by King Diamond. I'm like, Shut you got to be kidding up. me. This is a miracle. You what year yeah. is this? 1988. Oh my fucking God. What is the odds of that? <laughs> Look at that. Holy shit. There's yeah, okay. my first employer. Okay. Yeah. Straight up. <laughs> if you've never seen. Oh my God. Yeah. If, if you've never seen these people, this is like a, a mix between like uh, uh, Marilyn Manson meets Dracula meets fucking uh, Kiss. Kiss. Um, this was 1988. Oh, and by the way, that mic thing he has, those are real human leg bones. Wait yeah. a minute. This was the era that I worked for him right there. That was when he I He is, really he has a microphone with real human Attached bones? Attached to leg bones. They're human leg bones tied into a cross. Okay, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, we're literally looking at Google right now and this, oh fuck, that's nuts. Yeah. Okay, so, crazy. all right, so, oh my God, that's crazy. And when I saw him on MTV, this is what I saw. He walked out with the cape on and everything. And was talking about these satanic, it's a doll now, 
this satanic <laughs> jewelry that he had on and all this stuff. And I was just like, what the, you know, I was like, no way, you know? And I called my friend Dave Rat, or Dave, Dave, Road Dog. Road Dog. And his name's Dave also. Oh, yeah. But uh, so I called, I called him. He wasn't home and his wife answered. It was before cell phones. Too. Yes. So I'm like, what did your husband get me into? And she goes, oh, I don't know. You know, he's not here, you know? So the next day I call him like, dude, are you kidding? I saw this guy on MTV. And he's like, no, he's real nice. He's he's really cool. He's so scary, you know. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm like, okay, yeah. here we go, yes. you know. So I went down there and met everybody, and we worked in rehearsals for a few days, and and they decided I was in, you know. So for sure. took off on the road with them, and he was right. He turned out to be a great guy, like wow. a, a really nice guy. And I worked for him for three months. And one day we're in the dressing room, and he goes, Dave. I mean, he talks like this. He's got this Danish accent. <laughs> he says, "Dave Lee, come here." He goes, "I like you." I go, well, "Thanks." And he goes, "I want you to be in charge of the bones." Now, the bones are that—the the mic stand fuck? thing, and he's got a backup one and a couple of skulls, reels that are in this thing that he in this case is that it, he takes with him everywhere. Is it from his family or something? No, 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 no. He bought them from like a. a I guess like a science, you, okay. you know, you can get stuff. For like sure. That. Not on eBay. Yeah, not on eBay. <laughs> but anyway, so, but he like, and then one of the other guys goes, he must really trust you a lot because he doesn't put just anybody in charge wow. of the bone box, you know? You were in charge of the bone box. I was box. in charge of the bone box. What was that like? It was uh, an honor. I was kind of like, wow, yeah. that's cool. That is, know? for sure. But he has a great sense of humor. Like, cool. When we were recording, or I worked for him for a while, we are recording my friend Vinny, who was their front of house sound guy. Vinny goes and buys a bunch of candy and like because the top of the skull was one of them didn't have the top and Vinny like filled it with hard candy in the studio where it was Shut sitting up. and his little like altar thing Vinny filled the skull with candy. Dude, was he mad? No, no, he thought it was hilarious. Oh, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, it. you know. How, how was the music? Oh, it's 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 like progressive death metal, maybe. Okay, you know, okay. it's very high pitched like operatic voice that he has. Wow, and and the music's real heavy. But it's it's kind of progressive. It's For like, sure. And all of his albums have a story. I, I like that. It's kind of a long, involved story. I love like that. Like all of them, yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so he turned out he was really great and had a lot of fun with them. And and he, they were going to Europe and he they couldn't afford to bring a crew, yeah. you know. So he was real apologetic. And I remember he told me, he said, he said, Dave, he goes, he goes, I just have a feeling you're going to do good in this business. I know this is your wow. first time, you know. He goes, I think you'll do good, you know. Oh, and then also at some point, the bass tech that worked for them, yeah. he had fallen asleep in the motorhome out in the parking lot before a show. Oh, shit. And wasn't there. We tried to wake him up. He wouldn't wake up. The bass player had no bass tech during the show, so I just said, I'll take care of it, you know, tuned up his bass and gave it to him. So they sent that guy home, and then I became the bass tech. So no that was fucking Yeah, way. it kind of just happened like that. That's than awesome, just the man. I, a lot of people would be very scared if they saw that, and they'd probably run away. But whatever was inside <laughs> of you, because I'm literally looking at this, and it's 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 fucking nuts. I mean, it your is. story is it's fucking crazy. nuts. This guy's, uh, his face, is he still around? Oh, yeah, he just did a show. God, probably less than a month ago. He still paints his face? Oh, yeah. This oh. is his current look right here. So he's like 60 years old, fucking painting his face like He might even be a little older than that. No way. I love that. That's but awesome. You know what? Like real serious, like 
the Metallica guys love him. Yeah. And they've had they've they've like had him come out at their shows and do a song with them and stuff no like that. No way. It's that yeah. progressive uh, you know, death metal. I mean And uh, plus his band Merciful Fate was like really the first one of the first like death metal type bands. And I don't I call it death metal because it's easy to say that, but it's really not. Because you're saying it's operatic, right? Yeah, it's kind of operatic and kind of progressive. So, so, so the instrumentation might yeah. be more like you know. Yeah, it's not like. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, for, he for sings. Sure. You know. Ah, that's so fucking awesome. If you're listening to this, check out King Diamond. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. amazing. Okay, so, so, so you, 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 you get off that tour. You come home. What the fuck is next? Well, I'll tell you. Well, first off, flash forward. I guess probably ten years. Okay. <clears throat> I didn't see him, but he thanked me on like the next three albums. Shut the fuck up. Which I thought was weird. I hadn't even spoken to him. Like three years later, I, oh, New King Diamond album. I look at it and it says, I'm under the list of people that were thanked. And I don't know why, you know, and I thought that was really something. Oh my God. That's but then, super sweet, man. Like 10 years later, I'm working for Ozzy. <laughs> and we're doing an Ozfest show. This was probably 99. Guitar? Uh, yeah, guitar tech for Ozzy, for oh, Joe Holmes. Okay. A living angel, sweetest guy in the world, is their guitar, was their guitar player at the time. Yeah. And he was for a while. People don't realize that. But um, he's just brilliantly talented. Took wow. lessons from Randy Rhodes when he was a kid. But um, so anyway, so I'm working for Joe, and we're doing OzFest, and Marilyn Manson is on before Ozzy. Yeah. So I'm kind of getting my world set up. Manson's on stage doing his thing. And we're in Dallas. And I'm now I have drastically changed since I've shaved my head. Yes. I don't look the same. I got glasses. Or maybe I didn't have glasses then. But anyways, I've shaved my head. I don't look the same. And I look next to me, and there's King Diamond standing next no to me. No fucking way. And so I walked up, and like, I stood next to him, and I leaned over, and I go, Jesus, they'll let anybody on this stage walk <laughs> And he kind of goes, yeah. And then he looked at me, and he goes, Dave. I go, yeah. He goes, what are you doing here? No fucking way. He was right, though. He was, yeah. He, he was, was right. And he goes, what are you doing here? I go, I work for Ozzy. He goes, I told you, I told you you were going to do good. Wow. And you're working for Ozzy, you know? Holy it was so funny. shit. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's take a couple steps back. Yeah, I, go I, back. I, that was just a little No, 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 that's fun. That, that, that's, <clears throat> this is hot. This is so awesome. That still involved King Diamond. Yes. Too. Oh, absolutely. So, so, but you get back from the tour. Uh, what the fuck was next? Next was wishing that I could get a job. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great fucking band. Yeah, you know, got, got, yeah, exactly. No, next That's was funny. when this guy Bobby Brunner comes into the picture because King Diamond and Vinny, that my friend Vinny that yes. I told you about, he worked at Mates when he wasn't on the road. Mates is a rehearsal studio in North Hollywood. Okay, and they had everybody coming through there. I mean, there was one time I remember being there. They had Guns and Roses in one room. Motley Crue in another room and White Snake in another room. They had three rooms at the time, and all three of those wow. bands were there playing. And yeah. you were there? Yeah, just kind of popping in and out, trying to network. I guess Holy you'd say. Holy shit! When you're in those moments and you're around this, these iconic individuals, like I mean, now it's maybe a norm unless you're on Paul McCartney. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, what is that like for a young well, kid? It was cool to me. I mean, you know, it was like wow, you know, here are these guys, and like I remember. Duff McKagan pulling up to the studio. He had just bought a black Corvette. For people, like when you're saying names, just kind of. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah Guns yeah. N' Roses bass player. There we go. Super nice guy. Yes. Pulls up in this Corvette that he had just bought. He's like, check this out. And Fuck. At the time, Axel was driving a Blazer. <laughs> he had a big Chevy Blazer. And they're big at this time. They had, yeah, they were, they were big. Okay. But 
I think they got a little bigger after that. But this is when they first got real. Steven Adler was still playing for him. Fuck, okay. He was just a sweetheart, really. And he would always come early and hang out with me and Vinny and tell us these great stories, you know, funny stuff that happened to them and, and whatnot. Super great guy. And you're just fucking, I mean, you're literally like your whole life is intertwined. You're partying with them. You're traveling with them. You're Yeah, well, not them at no, the not time. Them, but, yeah, but, but, but yeah. But this group. But I mean, again, I'd started, kind of had my foot in the door. Yes. And then I got to know Bobby through Vinny mostly. And Bobby, the owner of that place. And then he called me up and he goes, hey, I, I think I got a tour for you. Um, called this guy, John Basilou. He worked with a management company called Warren Intner Management. Okay. And they had Faith No More. All right. Who was nobody. Yep. They had released one album that did okay in college charts with a different singer. Now they got a new singer and they had just released the real thing. So he it doubled my salary, 400 bucks a week now. I there we go. go. Get to go work for Faith No More. You're almost now, back to what you were before. Right? <laughs> yeah, but I was like, I was like, okay, Faith No More. I didn't know who they were. Yes. They didn't, weren't big yet. And we took off on like a four or five month club tour. Wow. And we did, we went, did a bunch of clubs then, and they were great guys. I mean, I, to be honest, I don't like the singer very much, Okay, but I've heard he's changed <laughs> since then. And we all, I've heard yeah. he's mellowed out with time. Did they like to party? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, him, I don't remember him partying so much, but Jim Martin, the yeah. guy with the long hair and the glasses. Yes, yes. He, 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 he was dangerous. <laughs> but what, like, well, what about you at that time too? Oh, I just drank a lot. Okay. I mean, I probably would do a couple little things yes. here and there, but I, I, my thing was drinking. And Jim liked to drink too, so it was great. There we go. And I remember during a show, he would have me put, however many songs there were, I'd have to put a Coors Light up on top of his hand for each up. song. And in between each song, he'd pound a Coors Light. And I remember him turning around and looking at me going, drink more, pussy. No way. In <laughs> yeah. the middle of a show. In the middle of a show, yeah. <laughs> Opening for Metallica. <laughs> Yeah, he was he was so drink fun. more pussy. Oh my god, he fucking was, love that. This guy, like you see, um, when Faith No More was big, you see this guy and he's kind of scary looking, you know, but he was hilarious, like That's just really funny guy. Yeah, and and we just had a lot of fun. And Mike Borden was the drummer, who is one of the best drummers I've ever seen, and a angel. You know, just, just a dude. super great guy. That's so cool that these guys are... Oh, and I worked cool. with him later with Ozzy, because he played with Ozzy and he played with <laughs> Black Sabbath. But um, but yeah, so so it was great. But And he was a, another... He was a big King Diamond fan. When he heard oh. that I had worked for King Diamond, he was like, wow. Because Mickey D, the drummer for King Diamond, right. went on to be in Motorhead. Oh, shit. And is a spectacular yes. drummer. Well, like, yeah, just fucking blew up. People that yeah. don't know who Mickey D is... You gotta see. I mean, he plays drums like nobody ever. Check out Motorhead, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, Motorhead. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, so, so Mike Borden was a big King Diamond yeah. fan. Was always picking stories out of my head. You were the box guy. Yeah, exactly. So, anyways, so, so yeah, so, so Faith No More. I went out and worked with them, and they, they were like I said, it was like six months opening for. Meta I remember one show with Metallica. I forget where. I want to say Cedar Cedar Rapids or okay. something like this, Cedar City, but you know, kind of smaller place. But, you know, they have sports arenas everywhere. Yes. And this sold-out arena, one night, Faith No More sold one shirt. What? In a sold-out arena, Faith No More. Because they hadn't made it yet. Most people didn't know who they were. But they fucking sold when they opened for Metallica. Yeah. So there's like 
10,000 people in there, one person bought a Faith No More shirt, and they were so happy about it. They thought it was the coolest thing That ever. is fucking awesome. And they'll remember that, just like you remember that story, they'll remember that story forever. And just fucking, yeah. ah, that's so fucking awesome. What the fuck's the awesome great. And, and so you're, at, you're how old at this age? Oh, I started at 28. Okay. So I was probably 30, 31. Wow. Maybe, no, probably 30. This is twenty nine or thirty. You know, a lot of kids growing up, you know, in their in twenties, in you sometimes can feel overwhelmed. You don't know what the fuck you're going to do, and you know, for me, I didn't find my career, my path to twenty five. I'm reinventing myself now with these podcasts. Yeah, you were twenty eight. It's it, but it's 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 never too late. No, it's never, come yeah. on, you're still fucking young. Yeah, but I, like I said, I had nothing going yes. on, so it, it's like I get people a lot. When doing my job now, yeah. you know, you because I'm on the side of the stage, I'm near fans and people want to talk and for sure, sure, you know, I'm being nice to them. And a lot of people go, How do you get this job? And, and I, my answer is always, You have to fail at everything you've ever every, done. Every, every so for people <laughs> listening, um, and then we'll eventually get to the story, but what are you doing right now? Me, yes, as far as the, your job. Right. Oh, I work for Maroon 5. Okay, and you're... Adam Levine's guitar tech. And I'm also take care of the bass player and the rhythm guitar. Very, very nice. Okay, so we'll, we'll take a step back yeah. and then we'll eventually get there, right? Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great job. Ah, that's so cool. I'm, I'm watching you uh, on, on New Year's Eve and like when you like just with the fucking that gold guitar, <laughs> that shit... <laughs> I've never seen something like that Running before. Around with a crazy gold and, and so what? Adam wanted that guitar. Yeah, he well, he he's funny because he'll like he'll he'll text me like a picture. Okay. And and like like he sent me a picture of of Slash holding a Hello Kitty guitar. Did he put those stickers on, or did someone else? No, there's not a sticker. That's no, no, a, no the, the other one. Oh, the, the other one. Yeah, he picked out the sticker. That's fucking. Cool. Well, I picked out a bunch of stickers. Yeah. And he looked at them while he goes, Dave. I know you're old. But that's not going to work. For me. It was funny. Like, what a dick! <laughs> <laughs> no, but I know. I, well, he teased with like you said something about you said something about um, oh that you're when you were born. Yeah, I said something about graduating from high school in 1979. Adam starts laughing. Oh, what's so funny? He goes, I was born in 1979. <laughs> that's fucking nuts. <laughs> like man. I was graduating high school when my boss was born. You know, there's just one thing about Maroon Five. Watching you guys on uh, on New Year's. The amount of hits that they have, it's just fucking it's mind- crazy. Yeah, it's fucking mind blowing. What are they like? The Rolling Stones of this damn generation? It's, it's well, yeah, if not bigger. You know, I, mean, I mean, it's weird. A lot of people just don't like them. It's which because is fine. it's like it's pop music, but yeah. like, fuck off, man. It, good music is good music. You can appreciate anything. I appreciate all different types of music. So do I. And and if you are close minded, just because it's popular music well uh, fuck you well no it's like the super bowl thing yes you know their performance at the super bowl was fine fuck yeah you know? but people hated it and i'm like i'm trying to fight with people and i'm like if you don't like maroon five you're not gonna like their performance yeah you know yeah. what i mean there was nothing wrong with that performance. no he sang people were like oh he was so off key he was not off key no. at all no no you know and it's just it's frustrating because for sure it, it's kind of like the What's that band that everybody loves to hate? Um, you tell me. Oh, come on. They have that. Oh. I can't remember. But but it's like 90% of the people that hate on them probably yeah. never even heard of them. No, of course. It's and just trendy. Co- exactly. Closed-minded individuals just following in a line on social media and other bullshit. Yeah. Um, I, I remember when, uh, when Dukov showed me the video of you guys rolling out onto the field. 
uh, on yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, that was crazy at the Super Bowl. Yeah. There are not many people that will ever get to, you know, experience that because I had asked him, I was like, what are like some of the best experiences of your life being on, being on this? Mm-hmm. And he was like, look at this video. And, and, and when you guys performed on Super Bowl and just fucking seeing you go out, it's like, what the fuck? What did that feel like? I know we're jumping ahead, but we'll go no, back. No, I know, but it's a really something when I tell people they're really interested. So it's, my job is very low stress. Yeah. I mean, I'll just say mostly because the guys I work for are easy to deal with. It depends on who you deal with. Of course. You know, I mean, I'll, to, I worked for the Red Hot Chili Peppers for, <laughs> God, 15, 14, 15 years. And we're going to get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Yes. But, you know, John Fasante, I love him very much. But there was times it was very stressful, yeah. you know, and he knows that. Well, and and he, I genuinely, he's one of the, he's a kind-hearted person so don't get me wrong a lot of shit going on back but then. yeah there's a lot of shit going on yeah but i mean he's a very kind-hearted person but sometimes it was difficult yes. working but um but anyways like i said i love him very much i just saw him a month ago but anyways like it with these guys it's very low stress because they're just easy to deal with they're just really there's seven guys in that band in maroon five yeah it's crazy and they're all really nice guys like guys you would hang out with of on course the day up. Yes. oh and the drummer big king diamond fan that's so fucking cool <laughs> oh yeah that's so fucking cool every single time that i've gone to parties you know the, the halloween party that they do every yeah. single just everything that i hear about maroon five very family oriented very friend very unity oriented yeah they're great and, guys. and 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 i can appreciate the hell out of that because for me, um, you know, as, 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 as an individual who has employees, I think it's really important to take care of the ones that help take care of you. Yeah. And, 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 and I hear nothing but amazing things. Yeah, they're so good guys. It, it pisses me off when, you know, you hear people online and, and on TV or in person, whatever, and they talk shit about them. It's like, fuck you, listen to their music. And, and plus live. They're a really Fuck. good rock band, and people they don't are. realize that. Yeah. yeah, like Adam can rip. You Dude, know? He can when he rip. feels like it. Of sometimes course. he'll just go. Dur, 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 you of know? course. Sometimes he'll just do a solo that's going through the motions. <laughs> but I mean, he can play. And you the know? chicks love him. I know man. they do. My wife loves him. Of course. When I first got offered the job, my wife's like, "You're taking that job." She's like, "Fuck yeah, you are." Yeah, you know. My God, yeah, it's 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 awesome. And all you guys are so just. Ah, you you guys are you are so awesome. But real quick, getting back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. That moment, getting pulled out on the field. About to f- perform, what the fuck does that feel like? I'll tell you. There was a moment, like, okay, there's the tunnels. Yes. At the arena where the teams go in and out. They had us all backed up into this one tunnel, and I think there was something like 80, I want to say, set pieces that people have to set up. Okay. And it's an amazing story. And I got chills right now. How they do it is, I, I still don't see how, but... There's all these set pieces, and they're tall. You know, the the stage it's big. It's fucking massive. So I remember sitting in that tunnel. We got everything lined up. I've got my guitar bow. Adam's guitar is live on the show. All right. And you know, I'm sitting there, and we have this saying: when you screw up, a lot of people go, uh, "I've screwed up way bigger shows than this." You know what I mean? It's like kind of something <laughs> somebody says when you yeah, screw right. up. It's a roadie thing. You can't say it on you the know? show. And that's what hit me. I was <laughs> sitting down in the guitar boat, and I'm watching watching the monitor, and it's the two-minute warning yeah. before halftime. And I'm all by myself. Like, nobody's near me. There's a couple people in, a little far off, and I'm just sitting there by myself just, like, pondering. 
if I screw up, I cannot say I've screwed up a bigger shows no, than this. No. And I'm sitting there no. and I'm like, I never thought I'd be saying that. That's you know what I mean? Because there's always something bigger. Of than, course. And this is the Super Bowl. This is it's, the biggest. It's huge. The biggest live event. I mean, uh, the, not, the, the, the World Cup, you know, for, for soccer or football. Yeah, you know, of course. Gonna, they don't do anything like this, yeah. right? So, uh, you know, you have 100, 200 million fucking people watching. Yeah. However many it is, a billion. I don't fucking know. But it is the biggest thing yeah. in the world. Holy fucking shit. That so was you, crazy. Get, you get pulled out. Is your heart beating? Are you relaxed? Yeah, I, I think once we started moving, it was such a fast moving thing. I remember just like we had done it so many times during the week. Yeah. I think it was 10 times Holy during the week shit. that we would do the setup and pull off, set up okay. and pull off. And then the last couple of days, they did like a setup and the band performed yeah. and then pull up you know so just because they have to time it exactly right fuck yeah and i think by then we'd done it so many times that it just kind of flowed you know it wasn't it was during the performance i knew everything was working fine and i was just like okay let's just do this you know and and they did it and it was fun and we were done and i just remember because it was i remember being happy for Adam, because I love the guy. I yes. genuinely love Adam Levine. He's he's a, a great guy. I love yeah. him. And for him to be done with that, it was almost an emotional thing. Like yeah. in the dressing room, I'm like, dude, you did it. You know what yeah. I mean? And it was really cool. Absolutely. You know, and his mom was there. And, ah, you know, his, so all his family was cool. there. And everybody was so happy, yeah. you know. And then then the reviews start coming in. Yeah, and fuck that, we're in man. the van on the way home and we're looking at him and we're just like it went fine. What's it, wrong with it, these it does, people? It, 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 it doesn't matter. Uh, it, it could have been the best performance of their entire life, and it still would have been that way. The other good thing is they have their heads around. Fuck that. yeah, they know. You know, you I mean, Adam's fine. Throw you know? that shit out. You you get to a point where you're just like, I, I mean, I, 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 obviously, I'm not like that, but I would think you get to a point where you just shut that shit off because yeah. you know the people that care about you and anyone else. They can suck a fucking dick. <laughs> exactly. Like straight up, man. We we this 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 like this culture that is right now. I mean, I'm I'm so happy to be alive. It's the best time to ever be alive. Yeah. But it is fucking too much sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Because social media, everyone thinks that they're a critic, but whatever. And 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 for Adam, man, for you guys, it it, it was incredible. So kudos to you. You guys fucking killed it. And uh, if you guys ever do it again. I'm coming along. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> um, um, all right. So let's, let's go all, oh, yeah, the, way all the way back. All the way back. All right. So. Okay. So Faith No More. Yeah. I'm working for them. They toured with Metallica. It was the first big tour I ever got to do. Doing arenas. And it's great to work for the opening band because you're done at like 8 o'clock. And you just get to hang out. And being single at the time, <laughs> meeting girls, it Hell was a yeah. blast. Of course. So, um, so that was a lot of fun. And then uh, after that ended, the manager or – Faith and More was going to Europe, and they had a crew at Europe. Okay. They still hadn't made it yet. Like I said, the song Epic, that was really yes. their big hit, that wasn't released as a single yet. Oh, they shit. had released two other songs first that really didn't do that well, but they'd created a buzz. They got nominated for a Grammy. Oh, nice. And we did this tour with Soundgarden at the time, which was oh. really good. Soundgarden and Voivod. Who's Voivod? I have no idea. The Canadian rock band okay. that was the headliner of this tour <laughs> and Soundgarden was in the middle and Faith No More was opening. Voivod? Doing was clubs that? and theaters. What was yeah. that like? Did you did you like Soundgarden back then? Oh yeah, I liked them a lot. And uh, 
and it was cool because I think it was the Louder Than Love tour. All right. You know, it was before they really broke big. And uh, it was it was it was cool seeing them every because they were obviously on their way to taking over the world. Fun, you know? Yeah, I mean, and uh, and it was things were moving so fast at that time yeah. that like people go, how is Voivod headlining? Well, when they book these tours, it doesn't happen for a couple, three, four, five months. Of course, in that short span of time, Soundgarden had exploded. Jeez. You know. And so it was. It was really kind of cool. People were actually coming for Soundgarden. Yeah, a lot of people. Of course, and it was great to see them at that level. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah. I, of, oh my God. That's, and their that's so bass awesome. player at the time is the, that guy that went on to be a Navy or not a Navy Seal, a, a Green Beret. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so great. He was their bass player during does, that tour. Does, does he still? He's still around. He's still around. Yeah. yeah. Does he I ever play he with lives, them? I don't think he plays at all. That'd be freaking crazy. Uh, I don't know if he out. plays, but I know that he's like a big military guy. Wow, yeah. that's so crazy to think that you went from that to then. Yeah, military. his story is amazing. Yeah, of course, and you can find it online. His his story of like being ki- kicked out of Nirvana and then kicked out of Soundgarden Whoa. right before both bands took over the world, and then becomes a Green Beret, and then he's like, "Screw this! I'm joining the army," and then excels in the army to the point that he's like a green beret. Do you know his name? Uh, God, I can't remember now. All right, sir, if you're listening, I would love to have you come on. Yeah, he would be great. That's so awesome. Wow. That's pretty cool. But Uh, yeah, so it went from there. And, uh, um, you know, of course, then the manager that did Faith No More, uh this John Vassalou guy and Warren Itner, who was in a band called... uh, Oh, I'll, I'll get back to okay. it. But anyways, a lot of people that do management are former band members. For sure. But anyways, sense. so he was grassroots. Okay, was one of okay, the yeah, yeah, yeah. In my midnight yes. confession. <laughs> and he's cool too, super great guy. But anyways, so I worked for them, and then they also had this band, Faster Pussycat. Okay. And they were just getting ready to release a new album, and they had a hit, you know, that House of Pain song. Yes. And so he said, hey, I'll, you can go work for Faster Pussycat. I'll pay you 100 bucks a week more. And I'm like, great, you know, Faith and War hadn't really taken off. I'm like, great, I'll go do this. And it's like a month later. They just... Epic comes out and Faith No More is opening for Guns N' Roses and football stadiums. Holy and I'm working for Faster Pussycat and Clubs. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Were you, did you think like, I fucked up? I did think that I did at the time, but I was having so much fun with Faster Pussycat. And they, they were like, at that time, period probably what 89 okay 90 91 working for them was like really fun and plus we did we opened for we were on the dr feelgood tour wow so i got to tour with wow. with motley crew at the peak of their career what the fuck man so you are you're literally engulfed yeah and 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 everything as far as music from from the 80s uh now we're leading up to the 90s yeah, it's crazy, like huh? it, the, there's there's billions of people on the face of the planet and there is a very small amount of people that have experienced the things yeah, that you have ever experienced thankful, right yeah i mean it's just and and you're front and center i mean yeah. you are you are an uh, you're an unofficial band member to, to, to these things I <laughs> very mean, unofficial well, well but but but, but, it's, <laughs> but it's true because i i see the things that even that you do um like with maroon five and, and and, and Mike and you, I, it, it's so needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, everyone's replaceable, but so are band members. Yeah. 
end of the it's day. Um, but what you do bring to the table, man, this is this is really fucking cool. So faster, Pussycat. Uh, you know, touring with Motley Crue. That was as well. amazing. That was that was so fun. Well, it was well, crazy. What were they like? Well, uh, Mick Mars is a nice guy. Okay, I can tell you that. Was I mean they don't portray him as a nice guy, of course, in the movie. Yes, because they you know they show him as being kind of salty. Yeah. But as far as like the people working on the tour, he was very very nice and and very easy to talk to and very friendly. Was his back fucked up? Um, he he walked stiff. Okay, he was very stiff. Yeah, but um, I, I feel for him because he uh, oh, yeah, he has degenerative sure, disc disease, and I have that in my lower back as Ooh. well. Um, I believe that's what he has. Uh, but I I, I felt I, you know I feel, I feel for him. But oh, man, that's fucking crazy. What did you like the movie? Yeah, I liked it a lot. Machine Gun Kelly playing um uh, uh fuck dude Pamela Anderson. Oh yeah, um, you know what, the hell is what was fun about that movie is while. All of that was going on was when I was hanging out at Mates a lot, and those guys were around. And when Nikki Six OD'd, yeah, Stephen Adler told us that story like two days after it happened. What? We were at Fuck. Mates. Stephen Adler comes in, and he's like, "Dudes, you're not going to believe what happened over the weekend. Nikki OD'd." He goes, "This is the way he told it. It was how could it be hilarious? Have Stephen Adler tell okay. He he goes he goes we're at this party right he goes and we're all hanging out there you know my band his band everybody's hanging out we're having a good time he goes and then I go in this room and Nikki's laying there and he's turning blue he goes so I went over and I slapped him and me and Vinny yeah. my friend we're just looking at each other like what holy the shit fuck? and he's like he goes so I slapped him and he didn't didn't come too he goes so I slapped him again. Oh my. He goes, so then I took advantage of the situation and started slapping the shit out of him. fuck up. (laughs) This is what Steven Adler said. Are you serious? Yeah. He goes, so I took advantage of the situation and started slapping the shit out of him. His buddy's fucking ODing and he's slapping. Oh, Oh, it gets better. So he goes, so the next day I go to visit him in the hospital. He goes, and he's okay, you know? And I said, so are you okay? How do you feel? He goes, well, I feel all right, but for some reason my face hurts. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) I swear to God, Stephen Adler said that. (laughs) For some reason. He told him, obviously. I don't know. Oh, my God. I don't know. He didn't say. Oh, shit. That was the end of the story. (laughs) (laughs) It was hilarious. Oh, man. That's that's fucking nuts. Yeah. That's that's nuts. And so you're how old around this age? Um... That was, yeah, I guess, you know, probably 29, 30. Okay, and, 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 and did you ever take a step back and look at your life and go, fuck? Oh, yeah, not- all the time. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny because it, it, at the time, I wasn't making really enough to live a normal yeah. life on. But I was having so much fun, and I was single, so it didn't matter. And you were around you know? fucking yeah. the people that... Yeah, and I'm people. around these people. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. But like... um you know, at some point, it had to either become serious or something. Yes. And then, you know, I would, I had, since I had my foot in the door with that management company, they were always giving me work. And then I got a call. I was looking for work, and I got a call from Q Prime Management, which is one of the biggest management Shit. companies. They're based in New York. They do Metallica and okay. Def Leppard, everybody. And so, now, Chili Peppers now, too. And they, uh, so I got a call from this guy, Tony, that was their guy. And, and he said, Tony DiCiaccio. 
And he says, hey, I got this band called Screaming Trees. We need a guitar to Screaming Trees. You know, and I didn't know who they were. Yes. But I'm like, okay, you know. <laughs> so I took the job. It was another 100 bucks a week. <laughs> and um, slowly moving Yeah, up. slowly moving yeah. up. And so I went on the road with them, which was fun. Okay. I mean, it had its moments. Screaming you know? Trees. The guitar player was difficult on stage, but the sweetest guy in the world off stage. Okay. And the bass player, just great guy. And the drummer, great guy. The singer, Mark, was a guy, or is a guy, Mark Lanigan. He's also a solo guy, and he was very salty, like wow. kind of grumpy, salty guy. But for some reason, he and I clicked. All right. And he had a serious drug problem. Like, I'd yeah. never been around people that were using, like, heroin and stuff, so at least I, that I knew. So you're around all these people, but this is, like, the first time. Yeah, this is the first time there's a guy in the back of the bus that's nodding off. You know what, what I mean? did you... I just went on with my life, and yeah. we were canceling shows left and right because either he was sick or something. But but for some reason, like it was funny because when I got the job, the tour manager said, "Look, our singer can be a little tough." He goes, "He may threaten your life at some." Oh my God! And I'm like, "Really?" And he goes, "Yeah, you know." But he never threatened my life, wow. and I, and I think it was the first day. Like they were a Seattle band, right. and I showed up to rehearsals in Seattle, and I was wearing like, <laughs> I figure, okay, I got to wear combat boots as a Seattle <laughs> band, and I'm wearing. This is the most crazy. I look at it now. I'm like, what the? What was I thinking? <laughs> I was wearing bicycle shorts. What the fuck? <laughs> a fanny pack, a roadie thing at the oh. time. A, a a sweatshirt with the sleeves cut off. A bandana, because nobody will know I'm bald if I'm wearing a bandana. <laughs> Sam Kinison even yeah, once said, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. you look like me. He said, <laughs> yeah, he did. At one of the Motley Sam Crue shows. No fucking way. I, I don't ask for autographs. But he, yeah, yeah. I just saw him in the hallway, and he goes, hey, man, we got the same thing going on. I go, great. He goes, you got a piece of paper? I go, yeah. He goes, to Dave, the new me, Sam Kinison. Shut up. And I still, still have it. That. I still have that. Yeah. Fuck yes. And he died just a couple of years later. Fucking legend. Crazy. Truly, man. truly brilliant. That's he was awesome. Amazing. That's awesome. But anyway, so yeah. that's another side story. But anyway. Another name-dropping yeah. side yes. story. I fucking no, love this. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, so so what was I saying? Oh, yeah, Screaming Trees. So I show up for the first rehearsal dressed in this getup. Well, I thought I looked cool. What the fuck? The bicycle shorts you said? Bicycle shorts and combat boots, yeah. And that shirt <laughs> and a fanny pack and the bandana. Oh, you're trying to get some. And I walked in and Mark looks at me. I never met these guys. I walk into the rehearsal and he looks at me and goes, wow. I go, I go, hi, I'm Dave. He goes, wow, Dave. <laughs> That's quite a get-up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no shit. I kid you not. What were you thinking? And, and I'm like, yeah, I, got, I thought you guys would like it. I <laughs> never forgot that. For some reason at that point, like, broke the ice. He never laughs. And he laughed. And everybody's like, wow, you made Mark laugh, you know? And then he was just always super cool to me. And at one point, I remember we got a new monitor guy. Brian was his name. Brian walks on the bus. We were on the road. The monitor guy got fired or something. New guy comes along, and he walks on the bus, and our tour manager, Danny, Danny goes, uh, uh, this is Mark. He's our singer. And this, Mark, this is Brian. And he just looks at Brian. He goes, I could kill you, Brian. Shut the fuck up. And then up. I'm like, that's what he meant. Boom. But strangely enough, him and Brian became very good friends. Wow. But, you know, it's funny because I hear all these stories about Mark Lanigan, you know, like wanting to, you know, getting into fist fights with people. There's videos of live shows where he's smashing shit. Like <laughs> he could, but for some reason we just really got along. And then later he, I would see him, when, you know, the chili peppers that we'll get to. We were doing a tour with um, um, uh, Queens of the Stone Age. 
Fuck yeah. And Mark would sing, he sings a couple of their songs. And uh, he came out and he would sing one song. And he's like standing backstage waiting to go on. And he goes, how you doing, Dave? I go, all right. He goes, you're looking at the hardest working man in rock. <laughs> and he'd go up, sing his one song, and then go hang out on the bus. <laughs> you know what it is, man? It's your energy, right? It's 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 your fucking energy that you put out. I'm a big person on energy. It's it's like the the un, unwritten law of attraction, mm-hmm. and 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 you're just you fucking put it out well, there. And you're such a good kind-hearted dude who likes to <laughs> drop names no i'm just <laughs> no see, i i'm i'm so happy that you're 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 being so open and oh, I, I appreciate it because people are gonna fucking love this it's fun like, i mean up. it's crazy if you, if you know who these people are and, and this is the evolution of of your life yeah. all right so 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 you're 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 at this point you're you're with uh you're screaming trees right yes. uh, what, what what was next so we finished that tour and then um this manager calls me up and he goes, hey, you know, this is the same management company. Yeah. He goes, I got a band that's doing a tour starting in Australia. It's another hundred bucks a week. And uh, he goes, suicidal tendencies. Shut the fuck up. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, no. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, suicide. I know who suicidal tendencies yeah. is because my band Hostage, our lead guitar player had just quit suicidal tendencies to join our band. You talk about great career moves. <laughs> <laughs> he quit suicidal tendencies, joined my band, Hostage. My mouth is on the went floor. Went nowhere. And his name's Grant <laughs> Estes, and he is a brilliant guitar player. He works in the industry still? No. Oh. No. He kind of floats around job to okay. job, does his thing. But he's a, he's a super sweet guy. Fuck. I saw him. We all got together a few years. That really sucks. Yeah, it, it really does, because he's so good. Uh. And he didn't really make anything off of that first suicidal yeah. tendencies record. But... Yeah. um. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so I go to work for those guys. Robert Trujillo was wow. playing bass for them. I was working for him, working, you know, doing guitars yeah. and bass for them. And uh, we did like this whole world tour, which was That was, was great. your first world tour? Um, no, I had been to Japan before. I'd been to, uh, went to Europe with, with Faster Pussycat. I think, maybe not. Anyways, I know I'd been to Japan before. Oh, I did Europe with Lynch Mob, George Lynch's band. Wait, this was before? Yeah, before. Wait, you left that part out. Yeah, I left. I accidentally left Lynch Mob out. Uh, where was Lynch Mob in all of this? Um, after Faster Pussycat. Okay. Our okay. tour manager worked for them and hired Because it's kind of like the movie business. Yes. It's like you get in with a producer or something. When they go from from project to project, you go work on those projects. Yeah. That's really how it works out. For sure. Makes Only sense. we're not unionized. Yeah, my oh really? No. Oh, that's fucked up. Not at all. That's <laughs> fucked up. My wife's uh, she's a union makeup artist, so that, oh yeah, that, yeah. It's, I, I totally freaking get it. Wait, you guys aren't unionized? Nope. Do you wish you were? Touring, you I have thought about it, but where I am for the last twenty years, yes, it doesn't matter yeah. you know i mean your 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 bands take care of you yeah exactly okay they take okay. care of me and then so. and especially now maroon five I, yeah I, and i mean yeah adam takes care of me yeah blessed you know, he's blessed. a great guy blessed. but anyway so okay. yeah so so i go suicidal. out with suicidal tendencies Damn. i had a lot of fun um another tour with metallica so they're on tour with metallica yeah we did a metallica tour I think they called it the Shit in the Sheds tour. <laughs> the shit it was in a the summertime sheds. tour of all the the like you know, uh, they call them sheds. Yes, they're like uh, amphitheaters. So when you're on these uh, on these fucking world tours, do you ever get time to like travel or go see anything? Or sometimes, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, but 
Not much. I mean, you know, it's usually a lot of times you get there the next morning you're doing a show. So, I mean, it's occasionally you'll get somewhere where the schedule just works out that you've got a day off there and you can go hang out. So, so suicide tendencies, Metallica, traveling yeah. the world. Um, but this is like your first like world tour. I would say, yeah, with that one band, we went a lot of places. And how many months is this? It was well. I worked for them on a whole tour, then an album, and, uh, yo, and you then on the, the tour after that. Yeah. Well, I for usually. Wow. Usually, if somebody's recording and they're at a level where they can afford a guitar yeah. tech, I'll work on the albums too. And so you make sure the guitar. But th- and- I don't like working on albums. I hate working in the studio because I always feel like I'm in the way. Okay. And it's a lot of sitting around. And these people are paying you, and I just feel funny that I'm getting paid to sit on my butt and order food. It's just not comfortable for me. <laughs> so, so at the at this point in your career, do you still? Thankfully, it works out. Now I've been with Maroon Five now for ten years. Okay. Thankfully, they, when they record, they use the same engineer awesome. and the same assistant engineer who takes care of most of those duties yahtzee baby so yeah it's perfect yeah, yeah. i don't like i'll i've got this cool old van i don't know you'll have to show i want to see yeah, this, yeah for sure this 1983 chevy van that's all ah, fixed up like like a 70s van no way but uh, yeah so i've got this van which is handy so like if they need something at the studio i'm on call basically yes but they hardly ever call which is <laughs> nice. but um and when they do it's like oh sometime this week <laughs> But like, yeah, there's never like, oh my God, I need something right now. God, I fucking love it. But yeah, so like, you know, if if they need some gear at the studio, I can just throw it in my van and head down there. Oh, we need a keyboard out of the locker. Okay. You That's know. so funny. You and don't then, even... Yeah, it's great. I'll stop and I'll have lunch and then go home. You know? We don't even like, uh, when people just like think of like Maroon 5 or these bands, you don't even think about all the things that go into this and all the people uh, to, to make it all happen, right? Yeah. Um, but so, so, so that's that's fucking awesome so you 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 went on this world tour suicidal metallica um were you like 30 31 32 yeah i think i was about 34 okay so a little bit later on so yeah so i mean years are going by you know lynch mob was almost a year which the bass player for lynch mob anthony esposito i love him so much one of the greatest guys ever he plays with jakey lee now in his band uh um uh red dragon okay yeah he's a super great guy and we had so much fun and george lynch could be a handful and there was one point where he was going through guitar techs left and right and we were doing rehearsals and uh and i said well i'll just take care of him for the rehearsals and he goes well i didn't know you you did guitars too. I thought you were just a bass tech. I go, how's well, somebody live just being a bass tech? Yes. And then he goes, well, why don't you be the guitar tech and we'll get another bass tech? And I said, George, I like you, but no, <laughs> I don't. You know that's why I don't want to yeah, do that yes. job. Uh, fuck yes. And so he respected that. <laughs> oh yeah, he did. He's like, okay, you know, he gets cool. it. He yeah, gets he gets it. it. He gets it. But I sure. see him occasionally too, and I feel bad for him. He he's a a really incredible guitar player, but you know he's. He kind of, yeah. I don't know, just, just struggles a little here and there. Of course, of course. But um, but yeah. So yeah, I mean, the days of old were definitely. Uh, it was a different time, especially for rock stars and yeah, like you that. know. And it really sucks because he's a brilliant guitar yeah, player. Yeah, I mean, drugs, drugs obviously run rampant yeah, everywhere. And I, even when I was, it wasn't really a drug thing when I was. I mean, he had stories from the Dawkins days for that sure. were crazy. You know, like you know, on the Monsters of Rock tour and Fuck. stuff. You know, they, they, everybody was doing but it, but, tons of blow, you know. But that kind of goes full circle because, like, you have mental or back or whatever the fuck it is. You mm-hmm. know, we, 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 all, we all deal with shit. Um, but, 
but but at the end of the day, man, he gets to say that he's George Lynch, you know. Yeah. So uh, he he came, he saw, he conquered. So yeah. Um. So suicidal tendencies. How long were you with that? Then he lives. He lives just right near us. He Out lives here? in Valencia. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. No fucking way. Do they still perform? They still perform. Right? Uh, no. Yeah, they do dock and stuff sometimes. Okay. And he does a virginal lynch mob, but it's all different people. All right. But, but people still come out to see him. Maybe. Yeah, people yeah. go see him. Oh, and awesome. he still rips. Yeah. But so anyway, so so then, you know, Suicidal Tendencies, worked with them for a while, then nothing was going on. And I get a call from a guy that I worked with with Suicidal Tendencies who had gotten fired, I think. His name was Brian. And he says, hey, Dave, he goes, I'm working for Flea. <laughs> I go really, and he goes, yeah, we're we're, we're doing rehearsals in uh, in at SIR here in Hollywood, and he goes he goes and uh, their guitar player is Dave Navarro, you know from Jane's Addiction. He goes, he doesn't have a guitar tech. I go really, and he goes, well, he's got a guy, but his guy is out working for another band, you know, a guy that did the yes. Jane's Addiction stuff with him, and he goes, so he doesn't have anybody, and we need somebody at least, you know, to cover for a couple weeks here at rehearsals. Can you do that? I go, yeah, I'll You're come like, down. Fuck yeah. And I'm like, wow, you know, okay, Red Hot Chili Peppers. This is like the first, like, where to you it was like shit. Well, yeah, a friend of mine named Willie, who is a lighting designer, one, he did Faster Pussycat and Lynch Mob and some other ones with me. And uh, Willie said, <laughs> Willie said, Dave, He's a very, very funny guy. He said, Dave, we're destined to work for B-bands for the rest of our lives. <laughs> you know, and I remember when I got the call, I'm like, wow, this is Red Hot Chili Peppers. This is it. I remember thinking, this is not a B-band. No, fuck no. You know, yeah. And oh, they had no. They had done Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Oh, shit. But they were about to release One Hot Minute. Yeah. Which yeah. I think is a great album, but a lot of Chili Peppers fans don't like it because it doesn't have John Frusciante. Yeah. Who is really... Much of their creative genius. So, anyways, um, I go down to work. I did not know Dave Navarro. Didn't I knew who he was? But okay, you know. And and I get down there and I meet him, and he seems like a nice guy, you know. And and then Flea comes over to me and he goes, he goes. So who else do you work for? You know. I go. Well, uh, I go. I recently worked for Suicidal Tendencies. And he goes. Hmm. He goes. That Robert Trujillo guy. I go. Yeah. He goes. He's pretty good, huh? And I go, I kind of smile. I go, yeah, you could say he's pretty good. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, he's spectacular. Yes. I mean, Robert Trujillo's fucking insane. One of the best bass players I've ever seen. For sure. His stuff with Infectious Grooves, nobody could beat that. But anyway, and I don't really like Infectious Grooves that much. But, well, I like Infectious Grooves. I just, I don't, I'm not a big fan of. The singer. I got it. I got it. <laughs> Who is Suicidal Tendencies, yes. you know, Mike Muir. But it, 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 instrumental. It, you have to, uh, you yes. know, it's just not, doesn't appeal to me. It's like a cake, you know, there's different layers. Yeah, exactly. You can appreciate this, but maybe not that. And Robert Trujillo was so much fun to work with. I mean, there was so much laughter, you know, working for him during shows. He would do yeah. the funniest stuff. And and so I really enjoyed the guy. So I mean, I really backed him a lot, you know. And Flea's like, yeah, I hear he's pretty good. Yeah, he's really good. Was he you fucking know? with you or just asking? No, so no, he was just asking. Yeah. Okay. So this Dave Navarro guy, you know, working for him in rehearsals, and I'm wanting to do the tour, you know. Yeah. And the drum tech was Louis, this guy Louis Matthew, who I still talk to a lot. Nice. He was their drum tech, but he was also their kind of daily guy, like right. you know, friends with them forever. He was Chad's drum tech. I don't know if you know anything about Chad, but 
the nicest guy on the planet. And I mean, it sounds silly because I keep saying that, but really great, great guy. But you mean it when you say it. So. Oh, yeah. You know, and I mean, the other guys are nice too, but I For mean, sure. Chad's Next normal. Level. Yeah. Normal. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. He's normal. He really is. Well, yeah. But normal and very funny at the same And very friendly. <laughs> and I love him very much. And I still talk to him a lot. But anyway, so it was, it was, it was cool. I'm like, wow, I'm trying to get this job. And I keep, I'm doing my best, you know, and I'm talking to Louie. Like every, I go to, so am I in or, you know, were you nervous? I don't know. No, I wasn't nervous. Really. I just was really on, wanting to yeah. see, wanting that job. Of course. You know? Cause it, I knew it would change my life. Yeah. And not only more than double myself, Fuck. you know, cause I mean, I'm going from making six, $700 a week yeah, to now to 1250. Fun. You know, which yes. is what it was when I first started with For sure. Which isn't much now, but, but, but you know, but, 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 in you 1995, know. that was pretty good. Hey, man, if you live in, like, Mississippi, Texas, Kentucky. Yeah, exactly. You can, you can Even life. then... It was decent living in L.A. Oh, for sure. Not I'm now. Living in an apartment. Yeah. But uh, anyways. But not now. Yeah, not now. No. But, um, but yeah, so it was something I really wanted. And then finally, um, God, I'm trying to remember exactly what led to it. But anyways, just at some point, Dave walks over to me and he goes, you know, we're doing this tour. Do you want, do you want the job? Shut the fuck up. And I'm like, yeah. Dave Navarro comes to yeah. ask you that. Well, because I'd been working for oh, him yeah. for a couple of weeks. It just anyways. sounds so weird to me. Yeah, you know, I from know. the outside, it's like, <laughs> and, and, so cool. and I don't, I guess you can kind of know Dave a little bit because he's on TV now. Yeah. Same with Adam Levine. You know, you get, oh, so you have a kind of, you know, Dave Navarro is such a fun guy to work for. He, he's generous, very generous. Like, he would always be giving me cash tips here and there, you know, just for Seriously? the fun of it. Yeah. Was that even, was that common with other bands you've been No. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, you'd get sometimes like a tour bonus, but even those are something that don't for sure. really but happen. This anymore. was different. Yeah, this was different. I mean, he would like, I remember we did a thing in Japan where they gave the band a bunch of cash to bring back wow. because you had to separate it out for tax reasons. Yes. Ah, and and when horrible. I got home, I unzipped my bag and there was a thousand bucks stuck Fuck in my yeah. bag that Dave stuck in there. Because I remember when we were on the bus going to the airport, Dave goes, is this your bag? And I thought it was in the way. I go, oh yeah, you want me to move? He goes, no, no, no. Then I get home, I open it up and he was asking because he, he stuck liked a thousand it. bucks in there. He really fucking liked it. Yeah, he was... He was super great. Damn, I really that's, had that's fun that, that that is so fucking cool. And, and, and at that moment when he came to you and he asked you, um, when you went home that night, do you remember it? I don't remember going. I well, I was married at the time, but I don't remember the interaction with my wife about it. I remember. Did you tell your family, your friends, like? I don't remember. I, re I really don't remember saying anything. <laughs> I mean, I must have you because it was have. huge yeah, to me. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, yeah. it's like, wow, I'm it, working for... You know what funny. really stuck? This is funny. I mean, I obviously, their music is one thing, you Fuck know, yeah. and, and I enjoy it. But um, I remember standing there in the room that first day, and I'm looking at these guys, and they'd all met me, and they were all nice. Yes. And I was like, these guys were on The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> That's what went to your mind. That's what was, that uh, was my like starstruck thing of them. Is that sure. They were on The Simpsons. And then it eventually becomes normalized after. Well, yeah, but it was funny. I remember asking Flea, I was like, so what was that like, you yeah. know, doing The Simpsons? And he goes, what do you mean? I go, what was it like? He goes, 
it was like going in a studio and talking into a microphone. <laughs> he goes, it's not like we hang out with yes. Homer or something. <laughs> <laughs> just going to this fucking virtual world. And, and I'm just like, yeah, I guess that is kind like, of, uh, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. felt yeah, like yeah. a goofball. <laughs> okay, and, and so you're how old at this time? Oh, I guess that was, well, in 95, I was 34. And so what, what happened next? What was it What like? happened next yeah. is we go on the road. <laughs> and I'm still drinking a lot. Now, okay. I don't want this to turn into a whole like, no, no. drinking thing. For sure. But I was drinking a lot, and those sure. guys were sober. Oh, they were sober at this point. Yeah. You know, there was, they didn't drink at all. Well, Chad, the drummer, did. Okay. But, you know, Anthony was sober and struggling. Yeah. So they were kind of like, this has to be like a no drugs tour, you know, which was fine in the eighth. I didn't do drugs anyway, yeah, but I drank sure. a lot. And I actually had a drawer in my workbox that, I would keep empty bottles in because I would drink beer through the whole show. And they, just so they wouldn't know. Yeah, and then I'd put the bottles in the drawer, and then ah. when we're going to load the truck, I'd pull the drawer and throw the bottles in the Respect. trash. Respect. Everybody hides their thing. For, for sure. But, uh, but it was okay to drink. No, you know, yeah, yeah, people yeah. were drinking it. But anyway. just keep it out of the – I mean, yeah. it's just – it's respect for, for you know, yeah, what he was doing. Respect, and I, I was hiding something, so, too. So, so listen, you know, um, him struggling with his opiate addiction, I know exactly what that's like. For, for, for the longest time, I personally struggled – uh, with opi- with opiates, and it's a fucking beast yes. to kick. Um, and I I sympathize. You know, I read his book, his story, and obviously you, um, you know, you, you mean Anthony? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and so it, fuck, man, it's it's uh, it's very disheartening because we're at this level now in society with 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 the fentanyl epidemic, and oh, it's yeah. just fucking taking another level. Um, and, and it's, and it's sad. And it really is. I just hit my family, you know, we, it's, it's, it's hit all of us and it's, it's fucked up. And, and for me, it was, you know, finding my path, my calling, getting into the hair industry, having a purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. But for him, you know, he's at the top of his fucking shit. Yeah, so it's like, know. what, what else is next? So it's, it's, a, it's a lot different at the end of the day. It's different, but I've had that conversation with him. Oh shit. Okay. I've actually talked to him about like. It's got to be harder for you than, I mean, granted, I never had the opiate thing, but I had a big alcohol thing. And I remember just, this was just a few years ago. I went to say hi to everybody. They were rehearsing. Excuse me. Yeah. And uh, I, because their tour manager, Gage, is one of my best friends. That's awesome. So he's like, hey, you got to come down and say hi. It's been a long time. So I go down there to say hi to everybody. And now Josh is playing for them. But um, playing guitar for yes. him, who's a sweetheart. Well, now he's not playing for them, but he's he's an awesome guy, and I love, I've known Josh since he was like eighteen. Damn. And so it was great to see him succeed like that, and such a talented guy, and sweeter than anybody. But anyway, so so I went down there to say hi to everybody, and he was asking about a family member of mine that he knew was struggling with opiates, and I was telling him what was going on, and I said to him, I said, you know, I go, it's got to be hard for you. You know, yeah. because you being who you are, people want to party with you. Of course. And he's like, no, it, it's it's the same. It's no harder for me than it is for you. And I, I just kind of went, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I, I'm glad I'm not you yeah, in that no, sense, it's just, you know? It, it's, it's, it's so true because if for me, finding my calling, finding a purpose mm-hmm. in life, 
that, that's I, I was filling it with something else, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the opiates, and because I have fibromyalgia, and so so my pain. Every time I would try to quit, um, I, I the pain wouldn't go away, yeah. and so then I I replaced it with that. But once I had a purpose and a calling, I was like, fuck that, you know, like yeah. this is what I need to focus on. And if I stay with this shit, then I'm not going to be able to. Yeah. And so my my life is. 180 degrees different at this point and i can have yeah. you know some drinks and and I'm, I'm i'm completely fine and it's been years uh but for him it is i i know he says it's not i know but, but i still don't agree with it but i i don't and then that me you know going through it um no he is at this different level mm-hmm. and yeah. plus he can do that yeah. And get away with it if of he course. survives. Of you know, he can do what he wants. Yeah, of course. Nobody's going to fire him no. because he's doing that. You uh, know uh, what I mean? Uh, it's like your life isn't, you know, you could still live your life and do that. Of course. Unless I mean, Unless it kills you, but yeah, which it has. He, he could shoot dope in front of a cop, uh, essentially, you know. and, and <laughs> Which and, almost and, anybody and, can uh, now. Of course. Well, if, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> so t- times have definitely yeah. changed. But, but, no, but what yeah. you said, you, 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 you're, you're absolutely right. But at the end of the day, addiction is addiction is addiction. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all fucking hard. And he's just trying not to, uh, you know, make himself... Yeah, any, exactly, any and, so, and, and I appreciate that. Yeah, respect to him. Yeah, so. and he's a cool guy. I, I, I've never had. I mean, I know some people that have had issues with him, yeah. but those are mostly people that don't work with him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes sense. Yeah, um, but I mean, uh, he. I never had a crossword with that guy, yeah. and he was always super nice to me, and just uh, he was great. I love him. And, and so let's we'll bring it back a little bit when you were you know touring with them and and how long was Dave part of it? Yeah, then? so so Dave's playing for them. I'm working for him. Everything's cool, except that it started to get pretty obvious that Dave was not happy. Yeah, and he was still fun to work for, but like at one point he had me. He goes, send the runner out for a, a little TV with a VCR built into it. Okay, I go, okay, runner, we need this. You know, comes back with this thing, and then. He has the Godfather, right? Yeah. So he comes up to me. He goes, I want you to, where my rig is set up on stage, I want you to put the TV on there so it's facing the audience. He goes, at the beginning of the show, I want you to put this Godfather tape in there. I'm like, okay. And so what he was doing is watching the Godfather during the show. Shut the fuck up. He's playing the shows and he's watching, like he comes over, he goes, oh, this is when Luca Brazzi gets it, you know? He goes, come here. And the, they're in the middle of a show. While he's performing. While he's performing, I think it was his way of showing his displeasure. Like, guys, come on, I'm fucking done. Yeah, you know? It was really, it was, it was, unusual wait a minute very weird and that's just so crazy to me to even think like but i thought it was funny i mean no it's fucking hilarious hilarious. it's it's literally hilarious and uh i i i guess it's kind of hard for me to wrap my head around because i know it's second nature for him to play and he's playing it so much Mm -hmm. but but to just kind of fucking zone out to be so disconnected that you want to watch a movie in front of twelve thousand people but um he eventually left yeah he eventually left and then well we did a jane's addiction (laughs) reunion tour that i worked (laughs) really yeah with flea on bass which was really cool. That was I remember being really excited about being a part of that. Yeah, I mean, because they were back together. Or yeah, Flea was. You Flea know. was with him. Um, were you there when Flea had his uh, the car? The car didn't something happen to him or one one of them in Red Hot Chili Peppers? Their car blew up or um, not that I remember. I'm gonna look that up after, and if I'm wrong, I apologize. Yeah. It's it's whatever. I don't remember anybody. Chad had a motorcycle crash, and so did Anthony. 
Okay, no, 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 no. I just remember as a kid, um, a, a rock band. I swear it was Red Hot Chili Peppers. Whatever, it doesn't freaking matter. Yeah. Um, you were, so you were, you were, you were part of that uh, reunion. Was there bad blood between them? Like, not at the time. Okay. But then it, it, David started using it again. Yeah. And that turned into an issue. But you know, I have to say, even working for him. When he was using, and his thing was shooting coke, wasn't yeah. really opiates so much. Yes. Which is unbelievable if you're around somebody that's doing that. It, it's amazing. But anyway, so <laughs> he would need to do that like every 15 minutes. What the fuck? Because it, does, you know, it doesn't last a long time like yes. other things. Yeah. And he would go behind his amplifier and do well, it while during he's shows. Yeah, like in between songs. And And... It was really uncomfortable for me. Oh my god! And everyone else. It just, it just, and, I, and plus, I genuinely loved the guy. So I was. I remember at one point doing like a little mini. Because also, while working for them with the Chili Peppers was when I quit drinking, and he was kind of helpful with it. Wow. You know, he like, I went to him and I said, "Look, I've got to quit drinking," and he looked at me like with shock. You know, like, "What are you talking about?" I go. Dude, I'm hammered every night. <laughs> and he's like, that's so cool. And I'm like, like, it's not no. cool. But you held your shit, obviously. Yeah, you know, and then he's just like, you know, but so he was kind of instrumental in helping yeah. me, you know, which is amazing when you tell people, like if I'm around people and I'm like, yeah, you know, I worked, I quit drinking while I was on the road with a rock band. That's so fucking crazy it to me. It sounds crazy, but if you know who the rock band is of course and three of the guys are sober yes it was the perfect, perfect. situation we said at the same time like yeah. perfect situation yeah which is another thing where i kind of like you know i don't go into religion and stuff like that but i mean i really feel like there's somebody helping me in in, in uh, some ways like for sure what are the I chances that i would go work for them and i would need to be with them. No, you I know. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. So anyway, so so I quit drinking in Pittsburgh on the road what with those guys. Fuck? And how long has it been? It's been twenty it'll be twenty four years. Have you had a beer? No. Wow. Haven't had a beer, haven't smoked a have nothing. I, I, I got a shot of Demerol when I broke my clavicle. It, well that's completely <laughs> different. That's a and it didn't even that's work. Understandable. That's the worst thing about it. I had a bad reaction. <laughs> I just sat there nauseous for six hours. They gave you too much. I don't know what they did, but, but it didn't that's work. fucked up. Didn't well, yeah, Demerol sucks, anyways, because yeah. you just feel like shit. And yeah. I, I'll do everything not to get it if I. When I did my thumb, they gave me Demerol. I remember loving it. At the well, time. I think the level of pain that you were going through too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I was in the hospital a few years ago, and I had a morphine pump, morphine drip, and I, I, I did, I did like it, but then eventually it <laughs> stopped like working. It. Well, yeah, you press it, and it's like, oh, yeah, every couple cool, minutes, like, come on, motherfucker, <laughs> this <You is> sweet. <laughs> I could live like this. But Fuck anyway, no. so yeah, I was in the right area to quit drinking, and wow. and and right place was that yeah, and I just I, I remember it kind of funny the morning that I decided we had three days off in Pittsburgh, and I vaguely remember any of it, but um, the morning of the show, I went into Louis's dressing room, okay. who was sober, and I go to not Louis's Louis's hotel room, I go in there and I. He's, it's, you know, we're getting ready to check out to go do a show. You know, it's like about 10 in the morning, 11. And uh, I go to Louie and he all teary-eyed. I'm like, Louie, I can't do this anymore. I got to quit. You know, what should I do? And Louie says, well, can you get through today? There we go. You know, and I'm like, I can get through today. I've gone without a day without drinking. Yes. He goes, well, you know what? We got a show tonight. 
just get through today and we'll deal with it tomorrow. It's a travel day Boom. tomorrow. We'll deal with it tomorrow. I said, okay, great. So I made it through the whole day and I went to sleep in my bunk and we're traveling to wherever, Detroit or whatever. And it's a kind of a fairly long trip. But wake up and the bus is still moving. And I can't wait to wake up Louie because I think he's going to give me some ray of g- brilliant genius of how this is going to, how he's going to yes. help me stop, you know. And I wake him up in his bunk. I'm like, Lou, Lou, I made it through the day, yep. you know. Okay, now what do I do? He goes, can you make it through today? <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. And, and I looked at him. I go, that's all you've got? You're fucking kidding me. Yeah, uh, yeah I no. go, you've got to be shitting me. I go, all, all morning I've been waiting for this, what you're going <laughs> to say. super big pep you know? And he shit. goes, he just shrugs his shoulders. He goes, that's pretty much it, really. It is. It you know, is. and it was, you yeah. know, and but like I said, being around that support group, I mean, they they would get together every day backstage, you know, and and they were they were all so much help. Well, mostly mostly Flea. I mean, mostly Anthony and Dave. Flea, I don't think was ever really an addict. Okay, he just uh, you know he just quit he quit doing drugs when he had a kid. It, you know, it was just like I don't do that anymore. If if someone's listening to this and they're struggling with addiction, what would you say to them? Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I was expecting some more yeah. wisdom. Can you get through today? Boom. You know? and, yeah. And I that's mean, it. you know, I mean, I don't really go in with a lot of the organized no. yeah, thing. Yeah. I mean, I, there's certain parts of that that I just don't agree with. Uh, me too. That are like cornerstones of it. Of course. You know, like, but I think it's different for everybody. Like, yeah. I know people that are deep into that program okay. that it helps them a lot. Yeah. For me. A friend of Bill. Yeah. For me, there's just so many things I don't like. I I don't want to mess anybody up, but I mean, like, I don't see it as a disease like other people do. To to me, I drank because I liked to drink. But what about like opiate addiction? Opiate addiction is so much more physical. It is. You know, I mean, a lot of people that are doing opiates just want to be no. Just don't want to be sick, yeah. you know, and it's different than like everybody says it's all the same. And in a way it is, but in a way it isn't. I mean, thankfully I never got into opiates. Yeah. Um, I think you would, I think you would think differently. And, and you know what? I respect your answer. Yeah, just that everybody's different. Everyone's different, yeah. right? Everyone's different. So and I think there's different levels to it. I, I you know, the I, most important thing though is support. That's it. That's what I want really to is, say. I don't care what you're monkey on your back is yes if you're around other people that have been able to live with it and sort it out yeah. that's the biggest thing is, is instead of calling your dealer call somebody that's been through it that Absolutely. wants to and there's so many people that want to help you are, you know i tell people i know that just like it's it's free you don't have to go to rehab you may if you're you may have to go to detox of course but I mean, I really am not a big believer in rehab. Um, I agree because I've been and it did yeah, nothing for me. And it, yeah, you know, I, I got an idea. Get a bunch of people that are jonesing for heroin together in one room. Because <laughs> <laughs> I literally, I got out and I smoked crack for the first time in my entire life. Yeah, you know, and, and it was with a guy in rehab. Yeah. And then when I went to go smoke crack, which was fucking gross, it was the first and last time ever. Um, the fucking counselor from the rehab was there smoking crack. Yeah. And we spent 15 grand. My mom spent 15 grand to put me to rehab and it did nothing. Yeah. Support, purpose. That's what fucking changed my life. And, and everybody knows, like people go, oh, what do I do? Everybody knows somebody who's been through it and has been able to survive it. Yes. 
And that person will help you. Yes. You know, and they're not going to ask you for a dime. They're going to help you. And if you talk to the, uh, really to me, the reason I was able to quit is because I was surrounded by so many guys that work with the chili peppers are also clean and sober. So, that support group is built into that organization. It's 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 ingrained into that, and it's just so crazy. Just from the outside, like, where'd you get sober? Oh, with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> it's fucking nuts <laughs> to know, think about, right? If you don't know, yeah, you know, it's it's so true. And so, although I personally don't agree with a lot of stuff that NA and AA, mm-hmm. uh, you know, talks about, I, it, the support system, the support system, you can't beat it, but you can also fuck up through that support system. So you have to find the right support exactly. system. Like I said, a bunch of people Jones and for heroin, of course, isn't really a good no, combination. No. So you have to find the right ones. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I, I, I feel for the people that are going through it. Um, but when you're ready, you're fucking ready. One exactly. day at a time. You just have to be ready. Yeah. You know, so, and sadly, some people never get ready. I know. You I know. know. I, I'm, I'm fucking blessed. I would not be here talking with you today, yeah. hearing these incredible stories. So we're going to bring it back, right? Okay, yeah. Um, uh, so Dave Navarro. Yes. I'm working for him, having a great time. We do the Jane's Addiction thing. He's way off the wagon, but he's still hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I've never met somebody that could be shooting cocaine every 15 minutes and make you laugh. And what he was able to do that. I don't know how. Wait, did it make you like, I just can't imagine that. I mean. It, it scared me. There, there was one point, I remember in Phoenix during the Jane's Addiction Tour, I pulled him aside and I cried because yeah. I thought he was going to die. And I loved him. I mean, I genuinely, Dave Navarro, if you know him, I know you see him in the tattoo show. He seems kind of cocky, whatever. It's a show. He's he's a very, very lovable person. He's very sweet and very cool and funny as hell. Dark humor. I love that. So do I. If if I was recorded and 90% of the fucking jokes I make, I would be (laughs) fucked right oh yeah but i love dark humor i love twisty humor because it's just jokes people. oh my it's god fucking exactly. jokes. okay so sorry yeah, but anyway so yeah. so 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 he he was he was he was having serious issues and they were doing rehearsals for some shows we were going to do i think up north anyway so dave was at rehearsals just a mess yeah and finally you know i had given him a ride home and it got ugly it, which he was just not even playing, just uh-huh. completely lost it. So he's, I was out in the hallway. He's like, Dave, can you give me a ride home? I shouldn't be driving. I'm like, yeah, sure. Dave and Dave. And so we get to the house and he starts, what was he? He starts talking about how him and Anthony aren't getting along. And, and it's obvious because Anthony's really trying to stay clean and Dave is way off the wagon. So it's not a good situation. So, uh, this is kind of funny. I saw the writing on the wall. Yes. And so I'm at Dave's house with him, and Dave goes, oh, shit, look, walking up the driveway is Chad and Anthony. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. They're coming up the driveway, and Dave's like, oh, shit, you know, what are they going to do, you know? So they come to the door, and I walk outside, and Chad goes, Dave. I go, well, he goes, Louie told me that you filed for unemployment yesterday. He goes, is that true? I go, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, wow, you really saw the writing on the wall, didn't you? I said, yes, I did. Shut the <laughs> yeah. fuck up. Yeah. <gasps> it's crazy, oh, right? What? Whoa. 
And then he just started laughing. He's like, dude, that's amazing. So then what happened? So, I mean, Dave was out, you know, and it it wasn't like he was fired. Like people go, oh, Dave Navarro was fired. He wasn't really fired. It just ended. His time was Yeah. Fine. You know, the, the whole thing just kind of ended. Thanks there. for bringing light to that because I know a lot of people uh, from the outside have their own yeah. you know, thoughts and sh- sh- shut the fuck up. Let the man that Yeah, nobody, there. he wasn't fired. It yeah. just ended. Yeah. And then here's where it gets crazy. I go back to the studio to start packing stuff up and Flea is still there. And Louie and uh, Anthony and Chad come back while we're packing stuff up. And Flea had been hanging out with John Frusciante, who has gotten clean now. All right. And he says, you know, John said that he wouldn't be opposed to coming back. What? And Anthony looks at me and goes, wouldn't be opposed? (laughs) He's like, you motherfucker. And then I looked at Flea and I go, I go, is he okay? Because I had only met John once. Okay. And that's a funny story too. Met him at Flea's house. And he goes, he goes, well, he thinks he's okay. <laughs> oh, my God. And then a few months later, John's back. He's back in the band. Whoa. And he needed a guitar tech. And Louie says to John, he goes, look, you know, why don't you get Dave Lee to do it? And Louie used to joke around me a lot because he said I was the first professional they'd ever hired. Like everybody that works for them is a friend. Who needed a job? No freaking yeah. way. Sometimes I keep on saying that. musicians, you know, whoever it makes needed sense, a job right? and they're a friend and it's, it's a good job, yeah. you know? So, I mean, even uh, one of the guys from Fishbone works for them sometimes, yeah. you know, uh, Dirty Walt, who's <laughs> one of my favorite people in the world. So anyways, Walt told me one time when we were on the road, I go, so how do you like working as a roadie? You know, because he's a horn player for Fishbone, yeah. you know? And he goes, well, Dave, <laughs> he goes, I've been on the road many times. He goes, I've never been this comfortable and I never made this much money. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Dave, Dave, you, you need to do two things. One, you need to tell you need to start your own podcast just talking about your fucking stories. And you could probably bring on some of the most insane people for sure. Number two, you need to write a book. I uh, did write a book. Well, where the fuck is it? It's in a computer stuck in my garage somewhere. Why don't you put it out? That's another story. Uh, Anthony had just put out Scar Tissue. Scar Tissue. Okay. Great fucking book. Great book. If you have not read it, you need to go buy it, listen to it, do whatever. It is amazing. So in times where the Chili Peppers weren't working, they'd take sometimes six, eight months off. I went and worked for other bands. Like I worked for Korn. I worked for Ozzy. But I still had my Chili Peppers job. This is after John was back in the band. Once you hit, sorry, once you hit Red Hot Chili Peppers, right? Yeah, that that, does a lot for you. That that was it. That does a lot for your resume. Once I did Korn, once I did Ozzy. Yeah, you kind of end up, you're kind of at a place there where now you can, you get offered work, you know? So, and it was great because I was single and just doing my, working a lot. But anyway, so so Anthony, I was telling him, you know, we I, had, I don't know, done some Aussie stuff. We're back on the road, and I was telling some Aussie story because there's a billion of them, and it's amazing. <laughs> I want to know a couple. Oh yeah, right. so okay. so we're, I'm telling an Aussie story, and then Anthony kind of in the dressing room, Anthony pulls me aside, and he goes, "Dave, look," he goes, "You've got better stories than I do." <laughs> I'm like, really? Wait, you think so? What, what? Anthony, yeah, Anthony said, said that, that he to goes, you. You've got better stories than I do. He goes, I wrote a book. He goes, you should write a book. He goes, I'll put you in touch with the literary guy that I have, and you should, you really should write a book. You need, and I'm uh, like, all right. And then he said, but I've got a little advice. He goes, be careful. He goes, in my book, I told a story that Flea didn't know about, 
and it really pissed him off. He goes, so you got to be careful. You know, I said, all right. So the next day, we had a day off in Milan, Italy, and I got my computer. I've never written a book, and I just started talking about when I was in a band, you know, or what made me want to talk about the monkeys. Just everything that's going on right here. Basically, yeah. Started putting all this stuff down, and I remember when my mom passed away. So, like, it was the weirdest thing. I spent the whole day at Milan. Cathartic. Ugly town. So I'm not missing anything in my hotel room (laughs) in Milan, Italy. I know it sounds so romantic. (laughs) Milan, if you like graffiti, that's your place. Well, I fucking love graffiti, (laughs) Graffiti, no, bad graffiti. Oh, not like, Bad graffiti and gray buildings. That's Milan. (laughs) People don't think that. Yeah, I know. Milan, but. So um, I just sat there, and I, next thing I knew, I was like 20 pages into this in one day. It just started flowing. Of course. You know, so I wrote all the, and I got up to, I think I got up to Faith No More over time, you know, and I, I got about 60, 80 pages in and uh, got in touch with Anthony's guy. Yes. And he said, well, send me, you know, like, 30 pages you know i said okay so i sent it to him and he said it look he goes i'll tell you it's really really interesting and well written he said it's really well written you did a great job he said but there's two problems he goes one you'd have to clear every one of those stories with the people that are in them he goes or they can sue you he goes the aussie stories there's no way that his wife is going to let that go. <laughs> you know, he goes, so you'd have to change his name. And he goes, and believe me, Schmazzy Schmazborn no, is not as not interesting. Work. Not... Okay, so this is what you do. You start a podcast. Uh, well, he suggested, you no, this fuck... was before a podcast. Okay. So he suggested a blog. I didn't know what a blog was. Fucking a podcast. Yeah. You but should. anyways, You should it would start be a fun, podcast, man. man. You can come here, you can record, you can bring <laughs> some people. I'll just sit in the back. I'll edit, record it all for you, get it edited. And I mean, and listen, man, you really should think about it because the stories that you have and i know that you have you have friends and people want to hear this stuff it's it's not only awesome to listen to but it's inspiring well what's amazing to me is we haven't even gotten to the the meat of the chili peppers thing when john comes back i mean that's that was amazing because i was used to where like i said john needed a guy and louis louis told me he said hey why don't you have dave lee do it? now i'm off working for corner ozzy back and forth fucking hell man so like um john was like well he works for dave you know and and louis goes well dave's not working and dave lee needs a job you yeah. know so john was okay he's like all right you know so i went and i started working for john now now this is where it gets difficult in a way because it's hard to describe John without, I don't know, without, it's almost like you have to know him to understand him. He is a very kind hearted person. Okay. But at times he could be a little difficult. No, at times it could be a lot difficult, but I mean, yeah, you know, but I genuinely love him and it's kind of, almost like I would take a bullet for him. You know what I mean? I really love that guy. You worked very closely with him. I worked very, very closely with him for nine years. Okay, so so for people that that, that, that are listening, uh, Anthony's the lead singer. Mm -hmm. John is the... The lead guitar player. Lead guitar player. guitar player. Yeah, Flea is... The bass player. player Chad Smith. Chad's on... Okay, there we go. Yeah, it's... Like I said, I love Chad so much. But anyways, so I start working for John, and John is very particular. He plays all vintage stuff, 
all of his gear. His amps are vintage. His yeah. pedals, most of them are vintage. Hard to find stuff that is hard to keep working. And this was before like the internet really exploded. Or- it was before the internet exploded, but his stuff, like his, he's into vintage gear. Yeah. And you're doing big tours all over the world. It's hard to keep that stuff working. And so it was a huge learning thing for me. I learned. Wow. And it worked out well. Like it was so funny because John, the first few months, he hardly said two words to me. He was very quiet. And I I was really uncomfortable with that. I could understand that. And I kept talking to Louis, who's known him for since before. Yeah. And Louis was like, you know, I go, Louis, man, I go, why doesn't this guy talk to me? You know, he goes, it's okay. He goes, no news is good news. If he's not saying anything, it's okay. You know? Okay. So then one night, or one day we're doing a show, and uh, he looks at me like he wants to say something. You know, I'm say, and and I, I come, I go out, and he whispers in my ear. He says, I need more bass in the side fill. You know, his yes. monitors. And I step back, and our production manager was this guy named Chris Kanzi at the time. He used to be a guitar tech. Now he's a production guy. And he's funny as hell, too. And he goes, uh, he was there for the pussycat stuff. Anyway, so he, Chris Kanzi looks at me, he goes, did he just talk to you? I go, was yeah. like, He goes, what did he say? <laughs> like, everybody was like looking at me like, wow, he talked. And and I said, Stupid. I go, he asked, he asked me who I am and why I'm following him around. Right? <laughs> now, of course, that was a joke. Of course, of course. But like that story has like Chris Kanzi told somebody, told somebody, and it's kind of like that thing where it becomes reality. Yeah. And I've had so many people come up to me and go, dude, I heard that John, that you worked for John and he didn't even know who you were. I go, that was Shut a joke. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's become like an urban legend that people think it really happened. And so that kind of play, that you said that. I said joke. that as a joke. And then it Chris. just kind of just. Brrr. And he told somebody else who told somebody else. And at some point it became, wow, this guy worked for John and John didn't even know who he was. Well, of course, of John course knew who did. I was. Obviously. Obvi- obviously. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh he's not God. crazy. You know? and, 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 oh, my gosh. And so then you guys start to kind of build a relationship. Yeah, we did, actually. And it started one day we were doing a sound check in uh, a small town in, in Italy somewhere. Beautiful place. I forget the name of it, but anyways, um, in a small city there, and this beautiful, like, Roman, looked like the Colosseum. Damn. Beautiful place where they still do shows. And, you know, we did a sound check during the day, and I wasn't paying attention. I didn't realize they were done. I was looking with binoculars at this place, you know, looking around, and and I pulled the binoculars down, and John's just standing there with the guitar ready to hand it to me. And I kind of got startled. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm so sorry. I wasn't paying attention. And then he looked at me, and he goes, he goes, Dave, um, I just want you to know you're doing a great job, and I really appreciate it. Shut the fuck And up. that was one of the first things that he really said to me. And I'm like, wow, thanks. That's you know? Yeah. And it really felt good because at the time I was like, I don't know if I want to work for this guy. He doesn't even talk to me, you know, because I didn't know him, yeah. and and it was it was uncomfortable at first. But then, it, he be, I began to know who he was and what he's about. The wall and came down. such a sweet guy. I mean, such a nice. And I swear, if I didn't know him, I wouldn't believe it. But he's the real deal. Like people go, oh, how could he quit the Chili Peppers? What's wrong? Yeah. He really is not there to be a rock star. Damn. He really is not. In fact, when he joined the band, they were playing smaller places, and he thought that's all it was. 
and he understands and appreciates a lot of money. For sure. You know, he knows that it's given him a life where he can do what he wants. Yeah. And, but at the same time, he I swear to God, I wouldn't believe it if I saw it. He is not there to be a rock star. Damn, he really so isn't. Crazy to think. And he's even uncomfortable with it. And people go, why does he you know he's quit the chili peppers twice? Because he doesn't like being a rock star. And so they respect it. The the band or no? Um, no, they would rather he stayed. But he did know? it twice. He did it twice, and now he's back again. I know, I know. I remember. He, didn't he? Uh, can you even say that? I don't know if you can. What? Well, didn't you get a text or something? Yeah, like that? you know. I mean, he he wanted me to come over and take a look at his strats yeah. and hang out for sure. I hadn't seen him in ten years. Damn. And uh, so I went. I guess yeah. I mean, the, the cat's out of the bag. Yeah. But you know, I went over there and. Um, he, you know, he said that he had hung out a couple of times with Flea or whatever and had been at Flea's wedding like a week before. Damn. And then, you know, we talked and, and most of what we talked about was why he quit, you know, because I told him, I said, you know, people are always asking me why you quit. I go, I give him my version. Is it right? You know, am I saying the right thing? And I told him, he goes, yeah, it's pretty close. <sighs> you know, it's kind of like. I compare it to Dave Chappelle quitting his TV show. Yes. If you've got yes. enough, if you've got enough money to live on, yeah. Like nobody could understand. Your average person yeah. can't understand somebody walking away from fifty million. No, but it's fucking respect. It, it's, yeah. It, it's you've got enough money to live on the rest of your life. Of course. Making more of that money is making you miserable. Yeah. You want to make a lot of money to be happy. If making that money is taking away from your happiness to the point that you're miserable. Yeah. Why do it, you know? And that's basically what happened to Dave Chappelle, and yes. that's what's happened to John twice. Yeah. Yeah. But so the crazy thing, yeah, about that was it, a great analogy, right? Yeah, and I told him that, and he goes, "Yeah, that's pretty much it." That's yeah, <clears throat> you know. Sounds so like then it. I'm like, okay, well, he's better than this was like a month ago, a little yeah. over a month ago, and he, I'm, I'm hanging out with him, and I'm like, wow, I've never seen him this happy. He is a very well-adjusted, happy person right now. He's like he's a great girlfriend, super cool chef girl. Fuck yeah! You know, just awesome. Just, and just happy. How, how old do you think he is right now? John is, I think he's like fifteen years younger than me. Maybe, so, maybe a little less. Okay. He's he's ten years. Yeah, because the other chili, he's ten years younger. So because like, like all the other like Flea and Anthony and Chad are right about my age, like a year younger. And he's ten years younger than them, so Damn. he's probably close to fifty now. Damn, that's that's so yeah. crazy to me because I remember in the like the nineties when obviously you were with them in the nineties, from ninety five on. Ninety five yeah. on, yeah. Um, they were just like fuck. It's just kind of like they're imprinted in my brain, and then to think that they're fifty, not that it's fucking old or anything mm. like that. That's just crazy. Time doesn't freaking stop. Yeah. But now that he, he uh, you know, it seems like he's found happiness, you know, and you as a friend now, I mean, to think where it came from yeah. to where it is now, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's 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 night and day. And once again, I appreciate you, man, uh, op opening up because yeah. there are a whole bunch of people out there. Um, you know, life gets fucking hard. And one thing that you've done is you have just pushed through your your personality. People are, are, are attracted to it. I totally just even see that, um, you know, the, 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 the few times that, you know, I saw you working, right? And you're about your shit and you got great fucking stories and, 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 and great energy. Um, so after, 
how much longer were you with the Chili Peppers? Well, see, John came back, yeah. and at first we did a few shows okay. just so he could get his feel back. And then they went and wrote and recorded Californication. And that Shit. was when I went to go work for Corn and Ozzy and people like that. It was about a year that I was working for other people. And those, you know, those are stories in themselves. But then, then you know, they get ready to go on the road again. And, you know, here, you know John had already said, I didn't work on the Californication album. Okay. Louis did all that stuff. And John was fresh back in the band, so that really wasn't, they didn't really need a guy watching him. I got it. But from that point on, I worked on all the records with them. But um, John, so. so You did the studio work with Yeah, them? not Californication, yeah. but everything After since, that, yeah. You know, while John was there. Yes. And then so uh, so we get on the road and, you know, the I, I remember I was, this shows up why I'm not like an artist relations guy for a record <laughs> label. It's, I'm the worst person in the world at picking what song's going to be big and what yeah. is. I thought Moves Like Jagger was the biggest mistake Maroon 5 could have made at that time. Shut up. Yeah. And then it just, like, yeah, the drummer agreed with me though. Yeah. Matt agreed with me. Yeah. But anyways, uh, yeah, and then that the day it came out, it was number one. Yes. But anyways, Huge. yeah, the voice was helping too. But anyways, <laughs> so so Louis, you know, you know, I get together with Louis, and he's like, hey, you know, we're getting ready to go on the road. You know, the album's done. You want to hear the first single? He goes, it's called Scar Tissue. You want to hear it? I go, sure. You know, let's let's hear it. You know, so he, he's got like a mastered tape, you know, CD thing. Yes. He puts it in, and uh, I'm listening to it. And I listened to the whole song from beginning to end, didn't say a word. And I looked at Louie and I said, thank God I got that corn thing to fall back on. Shut up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I thought it was terrible. I was like, this is this is it? You know, and then Scar Tissue comes out and they win a Grammy oh, for best song. And, and it's so else. fucking good. It's so good. It's so, it really oh, is. So now it's a, oh, not no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally yeah. get it now. But ah, the first time I heard it, I was not about fuck, it at all. man. That song comes on. And Can you believe that? Can you believe somebody... Working, you know, has the opportunity to work for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and out of his mouth comes, "I'm yeah. glad I got yeah. that corn thing to fall back on." <laughs> and you were you were joking slightly. I was joking, around. yeah, but um, then you know, not long after that, I had you know been working for Corn, and then came the uh, 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 Woodstock, and the Chili Peppers were going to play that, and so I was working back with them, but Corn was playing also. So at that thing, I worked for Corn on I think Friday. And then worked for the Chili Peppers on the what next the day. Fuck? You were at 96 Woodstock. 96 Woodstock. Uh, no, this was 99. 99, sorry. I think 99. Yeah. 99. Um, was that the one where like shit got fucking crazy? Yeah, the that mud. was with the fires. But we had no idea. It was They played, I guess Jimi Hendrix's sister was there. Uh -huh. And she asked them if they'd play fire, you know, the Jimi Hendrix song. Oh. And so they did it at the end. And we didn't realize that. I mean, we could see fires, but yes. we thought they were just little bonfires. We didn't realize that like this place was burning down <laughs> what was that what was that event like i mean was it just another event for you or was it was it, it was just another big festival that nothing really different it wasn't like oh this me. is fucking woodstock i mean woodstock is one of the most iconic uh you know concert festivals it's like the original coachella if you will but you know obviously. yeah yeah and it's iconic you know you're like yeah. wow this but it's what and not that it's whatever but it's you're just doing a, your job yeah, it's, it's really back there it's just another crazy festival of, of course only a lot more naked people yes <laughs> including flea who came out on naked i yeah. do i remember that I yeah was, there's video there's a funny video on youtube that 
Let's see. For, they opened with Around the World. Okay, so so we're going to pull this up real quick. Oh, yeah. All right. You, you, you'll get a, a good shot of me doing what I do best. Shut the heck up. <laughs> Are you in this? Well, he, the thing is, is John started the song. He was playing a, um, an old Fender not a Mustang. Anyway, it was this old Fender guitar, and it had all these switches that are kind of confusing. On okay, it. and the the two pickups had their own volume control, so he was on one pickup for the opening that you know, thing they do at the beginning of the song. Then when he switched to the other pickup, the volume was down, and so the nothing was coming out. So you accidentally well, messed I, up? Or no, I just I realized what he had done. And I ran. I run out in front of him, and I turn the volume up on his guitar, and then I run off. It's really fun. I'm, I'm gonna put. So wait, you're in the actual video. I'm yeah, gonna yeah, watch. you can see me clearly. Okay, of course, I'm about eighty pounds thinner. But is that for, for for you? Is there any like iconic moments where you actually, you know, you messed up? Oh yeah, there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them. <laughs> what happens in those moments? Because uh, there's one of uh, me and Adam. There's like a. a what do they call it? A gif or a jif or whatever? Yes, it's called, a gif of of uh, me bringing the guitar out at the wrong time. Shut up! And so what? Ha- what? Oh, he, he! I realize, and I do one of those. Never mind. And I turn around and walk off. And he runs behind and starts spanking me on my butt while I'm running. Shut up! It's funny, yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go. I got it. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, well, that's after it started. So. All right, so it's it's playing right now. Okay, there's oh shit, naked. He's, he's fucking naked. Completely naked. That is, and he was sober? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's so fucking... Was that you? No, no, no. That's the photographer, Tony. A lot of people no, 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 think who that's handed me. him the... Oh, he No, that's him. Tracy. It's his bass tech on tour. Okay, so... The wa- sweetest guy in the world. Damn. Now, watch. You'll see John start playing. You know, opens with a bass solo. Fucking hell. That's got to be so weird to play naked, right? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, if 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 I had what he had, I'd be naked all the time. That <laughs> <laughs> dude's packing a fucking hog. Yeah. But you know, I, I joke around with him. I said, it's you know, shaped it, it looks big on him. <laughs> Isn't he? How tall is he? He's about five seven. Exactly. Damn. Is that when he had the blue hair? Yeah. Or blue or green? What the fuck that is? Okay, now watch. John starts playing guitar. Damn, that's fucking beautiful out there. See, he's over here. Okay. Holy shit. I fucking remember this watching it. Now watch. This is great. Here comes the part. No guitar. Messing with the switches. What's wrong? I run out. Shut, turn it back up and take you? off. Yeah. That's you? <laughs> and he just starts playing again. <laughs> oh my gosh. Isn't that funny? That's fucking crazy. That's so fucking crazy. And so did they talk shit afterwards? No. No? I don't even remember anybody talking about it afterwards. <laughs> so when, when things go bad or like not bad, but like things go down, is there ever a moment like where the person like got really mad at you? Oh, yeah, yeah. John, <laughs> John would freak out. There's videos. <laughs> People send me videos of him just like losing it, like completely losing it, like melting down. And there's one, I don't know where, <laughs> there's one where I'm, because here's the thing. If something goes wrong, if you're a guitar player and something goes wrong with your guitar rig, yeah. the worst thing you could do is stop playing because of course. I need to fix what's wrong. Yes. And if you stop playing, how do I know if I fixed it? You That's know what so I mean? True. Right, right, right. So he would stop and then 
I've got the guitar and I'm like strumming it, trying to fix it. While all the music is going. Yeah. Well, or they'll stop and and Flea will try to cause a diversion. And I'm, because this crazy pedal board has like, you know, 20, 25 pedals. I've got to troubleshoot all that, you know? And sometimes it takes a while and he would lose it. He would completely lose it. But then he would just get over it. And then he'd get over it, yeah. Of course. Ah, man, that's freaking great. It was a be, lot of stress. That's got to be so fucking stressful. Yeah, it really was. Because you've got, you know, 12,000 people looking at you like you're an asshole. You know what I mean? Because you're the reason it's not working. Absolutely. Not and so do they start the song over or they just fucking... They usually start over. Okay. But train wrecks at a Chili pepper show are quite common. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know. They'll just like... Something will go wrong and they'll just stop. But one time... It, one time we were we were doing we were on tour of course and we're doing a, a, they had a song called Venice Queen okay and it started off with John would make what they call a loop yes he had his pedal that would record a uh-huh. loop and he'd make these sounds with the volume pedal it sounded kind of like whales okay and he would do it every night would make a new one before the song was pretty Fucking cool. cool he'd record a little thing while it goes and then they'd start playing the song and that loop would keep playing until at a point where he'd turn it off. And, and so every every night goes. he would just make a new yeah, one? Every night he'd make a new one. It's only yeah. 15 seconds or whatever. But still, it's pretty cool. But yeah, you know, it was pretty cool. It was different every night. And that's one of the really brilliant things about him. I love that. Is his solos are vastly different every night of Damn. every song. That he just plays what he feels. He so, does not sit there and go, here's the notes to this solo. It's not cookie cutter. It's never cookie cutter. I love yeah. that. That's awesome. Because yeah. I, I, you, you, it's think, really art that way. Yeah, it, yeah. it really, it really. But is. some people want to hear of exactly course. like the record. Of course, and, yeah. and and respect to that. But yeah, he just to him, if he's in a crappy mood, like there's times where his solos would be like Ingve ripping. Other nights it would be one note over and over, just whatever he's feeling. But he could make one note over and over sound cool. Damn. I don't know how he. It's amazing. So what does he even do during his off time when he's not Nothing. with the Chili Peppers? <gasps> oh, well, he at home. Yeah, he makes records, solo albums. Okay. He Studio? makes records for friends. He's got yeah. all this stuff built in his house. Damn Crazy. man, he's got Neve board in his house. This beautiful old Neve board. And he's been a part of all the biggest albums. Yeah. He just, it's just, it's, it's a, one of those rare things. Yeah. And I'm not going to try to compare the Chili Peppers with the Beatles or Led Zeppelin. Nah, man, but they're fucking. But it's one of those rare occurrences where those four people, no matter how dysfunctional it may be, those four people work as a unit. That's awesome. And it just doesn't seem to work if they make any other changes. Yeah, you know, I no get matter. That. Josh Klinghoffer is a brilliant musician. He can play every instrument you can imagine, and a super sweet guy, and a lot of fun. It was one of, and does impressions like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> but he does impressions of people you know. He doesn't. I do love that. Yeah. I love that. I love. He that. does everyone, and yes. I know he does me, but he won't do it in front of me. <laughs> and but, he does it spot on. Oh my god, everyone. Fuck. Yeah, should be a comedian. He could be, yeah. and he's really funny. He came from <laughs> him and Chad came to Maroon Five show in uh, in Australia. Oh shit! And Chad is friends with with uh, and um, with uh, uh, Adam Levine. Okay, They're, they became because of me. I kind ah, of just, well, look at you. Yeah, you know, but they became buddies, and I knew they would because they're both cool like that. <laughs> and so Chad came to the show, and he brought brought Josh with him, and it was so funny. Um, like. Towards the end of the set, I look behind me and Josh and Chad are 
still there, you know? Usually people come for a few songs Fuck and they that. leave. And I go over to Josh and I go, I'm surprised you're still here. And Josh goes, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yes. It was funny. Fuck yes. But they're, they're, they're homies. They didn't, they were just already in Australia. And so they- Yeah, they, they were there. They were touring I was, there. I was like, damn, they came all the way out to Australia. Yeah. But, but, but the Red Hot Chili Peppers, man, I mean, you, you can put them up with the greats because they're fucking that good and yeah, they, they really are they, they 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 have these albums that just strike a fucking chord inside your body and brings you to a time whatever moment you're in and it's all up to the individual right for for me it's going to be me for someone else it's gonna be someone else but you know for you i wonder because you hear this you've heard it over mm-hmm. and over and over and over and over yeah. again um and now it's been many years is it different for you yeah, I'll tell you, I had an interesting thing happen when they played, I guess about two years ago, they played at uh, Staples. And I went, you know, my wife and I went and hung out. And they did a song called the Zephyr Song. Okay. That I remember when they recorded that song. I remember they recorded a lot of them. Yeah. And working for John, being his guitar tech, you really, especially in the studio, He'll go, oh, I want kind of this sound. And you do the sound. He doesn't go over there and twist the knobs. It's like, what is this what you're talking about? You know, yeah, that's what I want, you know? So it kind of, it's kind of like you feel like you're a pretty important part of the process. Integral part for sure. Yeah. And it's it's cool. Absolutely. And when they did Zephyr Song, which was a hit, but it wasn't like, yes. you know, under the bridge. But okay. I mean, when they started, the thing is, the first three notes, ding, ding, ding. I would, when I would set up his amps for shows, I've got to check the different sounds and make sure they're right, you know, and make little adjustments. I would play those three notes because I know exactly what those notes are supposed to sound like. Yes. And ding, 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 ding. I'm like, okay, that's what I got it dialed in. And one time we were getting ready to record B stuff. It was uh, in between albums. Uh-huh. And I was sitting in front of them. I didn't know John was there yet. And I was sitting there. I was a doo, 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 And it occurred to me that, that um, what is it? Uh, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Okay. Da, 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 oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Imagination. Right? And I'm like, doo, doo, doo. I'm like, then I started kind of, it just kind of fell into yes. that song. It's just simple notes. Uh-huh. You know, it's nothing crazy. I'm not a guitar player by any means. And I'm just like, I started playing that song. And then I turn around and John is standing there like with his mouth hanging open. And I'm like, what's up? And he goes, I never realized it. Shut the fuck up. Like, what? He goes, I was watching that movie at that time that I wrote that song. Not watching, but he had been into yes. that movie. Yes. And had been, he goes, I didn't even realize that it's those three notes are the same three notes. Holy crap. He goes, I had no idea. That's the power of music, man. You know, yeah. And so that song is kind of, it brings me back to that memory of just him and I alone in the studio and him telling me that and this kind of cool connection that way. And then, so here I am at Staples Center. Now John's not in the band. Josh is playing. And they start playing that song and the place goes apeshit, right? Which kind of surprised me because I never kind of when you're in the bubble you don't yes. really know how big certain songs are scar tissue yeah well yeah, that, I'm just I, I realize yeah, how big yeah, that yeah. was but i mean you don't you kind of you hear the songs all the time you don't really associate it with what the world is doing of course so so i hear them at staples center obviously packed and 
for me, it's the first time I ever saw the Chili Peppers from out in the audience. That's you know? so crazy, right? Yeah. So I get to hear the whole mix and everything. It was great. And they start playing that song, and the place goes crazy. And I'm kind of standing there, and I'm looking at all these people, and I'm like, nobody in no. here knows my story no. about this song. But now, you know, yeah. and so it's kind of important to me. It is. And to see everybody losing their mind like that, it gave me a really kind of good feeling of like, like I felt like I was part of something important. Fuck yes. You know? And so it really struck me hard. Then after the show, I went in the dressing room and, well, they had like a little party back there. And I was talking to Chad and, cause the other guys kind of hide out. They don't really hang out with everyone. And so I'm talking to Chad and I told him that, you know, I said, I gotta say, man, I go Zephyr song. I go, it really made me feel like I was a part of something musically important. Yeah. And he looked at me and he goes, Dave, you are a part of that. Fuck and yeah. you should understand that, you know? And I was like, Fuck. wow, thanks. You know, I never really thought of that, you know, really, really felt, made me feel good. And, and so I go back to what I said before is that you are, you are that, you know, that, that un, unwritten member of the band, you're an integral part of the band their history i don't know about integral i mean there's a to million them, guys to, that can to, do it, it but it doesn't matter you were there for such a long yeah, period uh, yeah. of time right yeah and it became like with john when we had like such a good connection yeah it was like the management was like okay we got to keep this guy around because we don't want to try to get somebody else no. in there. So John had me work on all of his solo albums and all that stuff with him too, which was a lot of work, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's part of your history. Yeah. Well, and it's he's this crazy artist guy yeah. who will work until four in the morning, ah, you know, man. and I'm sitting there going, Oh God. Yeah. Like, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. But, you know? but, but I, I just want to go back to what I said, you know, how he was watching, you know, Willy Wonka around that time mm -hmm. and it came through in the music. Right? Yeah. Well, your your personality, you being there, everything that you did, this, that, and the other, it definitely has to come through the music 100%, yeah. especially for an individual that is there for such a long period of time, yeah. you know, longer than, you know, that John, right? Yeah, which is right? funny. I, I literally was there longer than John, well, and longer than Dave, for yes. sure. But yeah, it's kind of funny that, like, I outlasted the guitar player <laughs> that was there when I started. That's fucking nuts. Okay. Yeah. So, and then when John left again, yeah. Josh came in. Now at that time they had taken two years off. John said, uh, he needed two years before he knew if he was gonna make another chili peppers record. So flea and I had started a side business, this thing called flea base. That's a whole different story. Wait, seriously? Yeah. He wanted, he, 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 <laughs> he fucking started a business. With flea, flea owns a music school okay. called uh, nice. silver Lake conservatory of music. It's a serious, really well-respected music school and it's a nonprofit. Nice. So he's very proud of it. And he, he ought to be, you know, and he, it's, it's really something. And they, provide music lessons for kids that can't afford it. And unfortunately to him, a lot of celebrities want to get their kids in there. And so he's like, okay, you know, great. But at the same time, he's, that's not what it's for, but it also helps to fund it oh, well, to, absolutely. To, to make it yes. work. So he gets that. And they do benefit every year. And I mean, Metallica played at everybody. What you know, it's the, crazy. Fuck? the bands that play at that thing are insane, you know? But um, but anyways, it's great, and they make money for the school, yeah. and, and they do this this thing. Because to flee, like flee says, if it wasn't for music in schools, that he would be either dead or in jail. 
he said he would definitely have become a criminal. And he said, because of music, he played the trumpet was his instrument. (laughs) That's crazy. I know. And he still plays the trumpet. He's really good. I don't doubt that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, big shocker. He's good at it. I mean, you know what though, if you listen to his bass playing, a lot of it, is similar to Trump, like, you know, the same kind of thing. He's fucking nasty. Yeah. He's nasty. He's amazing. But anyway, so, so he was playing these modulus basses, that silver one in the video. Yeah. They're two grand, you know, or more. Jeez. And we were talking in the dressing room and he goes, you know, he goes, it's so weird that, you know, these guys, they'll give me these basses. You know, they give them to him and have his name on it. He goes, but I don't make any money off them. They're the ones making money. He goes, and he goes, I have a, a nonprofit music school, but I play a $2,000 instrument. Yeah. He goes, that doesn't make sense. He goes, I wish that I had my own basses and I could sell them for a hundred bucks. I said, let's do it. Fuck he yes. goes, what? <laughs> I go, let's do it. I'll do it with you. I go, I'll make the bass. And he goes, he looked at me like, what? I go, yeah. I was I go, just, why not? Speaking of an idea. Why you. not have your own yeah. bass company? For you sure. know? And he goes, you're right. Let's do it. And he goes, okay, partner. And he shakes my hand. Shut so up. So, you know, during the next break, I built a bass in my garage. Took it to his house. He's like, it's perfect. I love it. You know, I'm like, okay, great. So we, we, he wanted him to be as cheap as possible, yeah. but still be professional quality. Yes. So we found a manufacturer in China that we went and visited first to make sure that it was cool and the people weren't, you know, it wasn't yes. child labor or whatever. Respect. It was actually Respect. very clean, air-conditioned, you know. You can get that in China. And yeah, just, you can. You have to look. It's where Fender makes their Chinese yeah. stuff and other people. So it's it's a, you know. It's not Apple. Legitimate. So we went over, started, you know, brought them the prototype. They started building these bases. I was really proud of it. And this is something that's kind of funny. I have this what people would call a dream job. But everybody I know, almost everybody that does this is kind of trying to find something else because it's great to get paid to travel around the world. Yes. But at the same time, it's difficult if you want to have a family. I've been married a couple times at least. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, it's difficult in that sense. And to, to be honest, a little too much information. None of the problems my relationships have had had anything to do with cheating. Like I never cheated on anybody. Damn. I never got cheated on, but it's just still difficult. Respect. It, it's Fucking some of respect. it. Some of it is resentment in a way. Yes. Like even my wife now, she works all the time, yeah. full time, high stress job. She's also going to school to get her master's degree. She's under a lot of pressure. I don't she doesn't make as much as I do to hang out with rock stars. Yes. You know, and that does cause issues. Well, any, it's uh, like, of course, you know, I don't know We're how many human. times she'll be like, you know, well, I don't get to travel all around the world to have fun for a living. Of course. You know? Absolutely. Well, but, 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 but <laughs> I, I, here's the thing. Like, I don't like for, for me and my job, I, I traveled like 70 days last year through the United States. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, doing hair. Right. And it's fucking it. I've been doing it for a decade now and it was amazing when I first did it. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's still cool and I feel super blessed. Right. But it then you know it's a job is a job at the end of the day you come in you go out you come in you go out sometimes you get to stay a little bit and obviously i don't get to hang out with rock stars but um it, it 
it's it's not what people perceive on the outside. And maybe that's different for you. I mean, obviously, listen to your stories. But um, from the outside, you know, be like, oh, my God, it's the best fucking job in the world. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's amazing. But it's not everything that everyone thinks from the outside because there are struggles there are up and down. yeah for sure it did take my wife and i a long time uh for her to you know i mean i hang out with tons of girls all the freaking time yeah you know? yeah yeah and so it, it, it takes a yeah, the cosmetology world can be yes. shadier than the rock business 100 <laughs> percent i i definitely agree with you i mean if anything i mean no, there's a lot of women there's definitely a lot of women like there's a hair show coming up that we have a massive booth my company and it's gonna be like fifty thousand people like forty five thousand women right yeah and so you know for 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 you know significant others it can be a challenge yeah for sure i wouldn't want my wife traveling around yeah, the world with a whole with bunch rock of dudes, stars. right yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's where, where the cookie crumbles at the end of the exactly. day. Yeah. And, uh, you're, I mean, you're fucking doing it. But, yeah. ah. but anyway, so, 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 yeah. so, so, so Flea, you know, he, we start this business. We're making these bases. And it was real difficult to get the quality control right. Yeah. I mean, you're making them in China. Yes. They're not going to come out like stuff that's made here. Definitely not. And... Flea started to kind of lose, like his heart just wasn't in it at some point. Um, And I understand that. And and the point of the business was it was not going to be a nonprofit. It was a business. Make money. And he even said, he goes, I got my nonprofit here. This will be a money-making business. You know, okay, great. And we almost broke even the first year because when it first came out, people were nuts. People were like, I got to have this. But we got some bad reviews. And then Flea was like, look, I need you to set up every base that comes out of that factory i'm like okay you know because i'm quality control guy yes so i went to china nine times in a year for like two weeks at a time sitting in a chinese guitar factory working on bases all day yeah and it really wasn't what i wanted to do what you signed up for i kind of hoped to do this because i had a little shop at home yeah. here in Santa Clarita, it was over there by uh, by uh, um, by Home Depot, okay, like on Ruther there. Yeah, we have, this sign is still up there with the smile. Um, you yeah, still have it? No, the sign. I went by the shop. Oh, where we had it. We didn't have flea base written on it, but part of our logo was his smile with the gap in his teeth. And it's still up. It was there last time I saw you a couple get of years it off. ago. Yeah, but um, but yeah, so so it it kind of turned into a thing that wasn't what I expected. And I look back on it, I should have, I didn't want to believe that Flea had lost interest in it. Of course. But he really did. Yeah. And it's his name on there. They've got to all be perfect. You know, he even said, he goes, I've got a really good reputation and I don't want shitty bases out there with my name on it. And the truth is some of them didn't turn out that great. I get it. And so I totally understand. Of course. But I did not want him to shut down the business. And he called me up one day. He says, Dave Lee, we got to shut down the business. And I'm like, he goes, I hate to tell you this, but we got to shut it down. I said, where are you? I'll come talk to you. You know, he goes, well, we're, you know, in the studio getting ready to, you know, because Josh had come join the band at that point. And um, they were kind of getting ready to record. And I wasn't, I was doing the business. I couldn't really work for both. Yeah. And then, so I went there and... And he said, he goes, look, you know, I love you very much. Um, your job is always secure here, but I just, I can't afford to do the business anymore. Now his, he says, he goes, I'm broke. I'm like, yeah, mm. which 
His version of broke is my version it's, of broke. It's, are two it's, different it's things. It's completely different. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, I still understand. And, yeah. and I also realized that it's not just the money. I mean, he was losing money. Yeah. I was getting paid. Yes. He wasn't. And it was costing him a lot of money. And I don't think he was broke, but it was costing him a lot of money. Of and he is looking at this thing going, I didn't get into this to lose money. Yeah. So I understood we're still friends, of course. Of course. And so I'm like, okay, well, you know, that's that, yeah. you know. Now comes, okay, they're going to start working on a new album with Josh. Logical thing. I've been the guitar tech for the last 14 years or whatever, and I love Josh and know Josh. I'm going to go work for Josh. Yeah. Well, then I guess somewhere along the line they figured, well, Josh, you know, he can kind of take care of himself while they're doing the album. So they didn't really need a guitar tech. Plus Chris Warren, their drum tech, who's awesome guy, he kind of could handle the backline instruments. For sure. Yeah. I mean, he had to, I did a lot of talking to him on the phone because he wanted it to sound like John. So <laughs> they had to, you know, I said, here's what you do. But, um, but yeah, so anyways, <clears throat> so now I'm looking for work. Were you upset? Were you hurt? I was upset and hurt. Because, I mean, it almost sounds like you lost your job because that shit went sour even though kind of but even though i knew that there was work ahead of time you know, at some point yeah i was kind of hurt that i wasn't included in the studio i mean it's the red hot chili peppers they can afford a guitar tech of course in the studio and somebody made the decision that we don't really need one we've got chris maybe the vibes or something like that no i don't think it was the vibes it just it was i'm sure it was a financial decision okay and i'm not gonna name names but yep. there's one guy in the band that is kind of thrifty okay and it's kind of thrifty to be honest i get it like if i owned a business i'm not gonna pay somebody to sit on their ass for six months yes so i kind of get it but at the same time it's you they could afford it <laughs> if they needed to I get it. And I'm not going to name names, but he used to have long hair. No, anyway. <laughs> so, no. But, uh, but anyway, so that's just basically how it came about. And so I'm like, okay, well, I got to get back on the road because they're not going to need, they're starting an album. It's going to take a year till yeah. they need me. So I went, I did a little bit of work for Kid Rock. Uh, how was that? It was all right. It, uh, the, the guitar player worked for a nice guy. Anyway, so, yeah, so I went and worked, but they didn't work steady enough. Okay. For it, and they didn't pay retainer. Oh. You only got paid when you were out on the road. Yeah. Which I get that too. Sure. Another thing where I'm not going to pay a guy to sit on his ass for six months. I'm not Adam Levine. <laughs> no. But anyway, so. <laughs> well, you want your people, you know, if you. Yeah. It's, and that's what it comes to. Down their to their organization, it's not that important. No. They it's, switch people all the time. Yes. So, so, anyways, so that was that. And then one morning, uh, oh, and, and I was getting depressed because yeah. I was used to making good money. We lived in a nice home out here in Newhall. Yeah. And um, at one point, my wife had to pay both of our rent. Shit. I remember it. And well, she was my girlfriend then, but we'd been together for, we got married after we'd been together like 14 years, which was just a couple of years ago. But anyways, so like we had, um, I was really bummed and like going, I got to get a job, got to get, and I'm, I remember I, I got a call that the Dixie Chicks needed somebody, and I didn't get hired. And it was like half of what I got paid by the Chili Peppers. Okay. And I'm like, wow, this is going to be harder than I thought. Yeah. And another one of those, I, this sounds crazy, and I don't mean to 
be religious or whatever, but I was literally praying for work. Well, of course. And I remember just like hands together, like, please, God, get me a job. Yeah. And I'll never do another bad thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll never do another yeah. bad thing. And it would be nice if it's something where I could step away from the chili peppers. Yes. <laughs> I remember literally saying that. The talk's know? clicking. Yeah. You go back on. Track. Yeah, because at some point that's going to happen. Of course. But wouldn't it be cool if something else happened? And then it was a Saturday morning. We got up, and my wife turned on the TV, and there was a Maroon 5 video on. And the song Misery had just come <sighs> out. And they had just released an album called Hands All Over. Okay. And so this video's playing, and my wife's like, that guy's hot. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I can see why you like yes. him. Him and I look a lot alike. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. About as alike yeah. as uh, black and white. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, so... So we joked about it a little bit, but she's like, she's like, yeah, he's, there's something about him. She goes, it's that kind of good boy, bad boy yes. thing going. She goes, he really rides that fence, you know. He's 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 hot. I'm uh, like, okay. She goes, not to mention, look at him, you know. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, he's a good looking guy. So then I'm like, okay, that's cool. Then like the next Saturday, all week, still looking for work, nothing. Then uh, the next Saturday, I get up, turn on my phone, and there's an email. Says we need a guitar tech for Adam Levine. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, and I looked at my wife and I'm like, and that's what she goes, you better take that job, you know? And I'm like, all right. And I don't know the guy, yes. right? You know, I don't know. This is before the voice. And yeah. all that I mean, it's like, I'm going to hate this guy, yes. you know? It's like, I'm looking, I'm like, I was dreading. I was like, oh God, I don't want to do this. But I got to, you know? And the money was pretty good. Yeah. And so I got out there, you know, went out there, and the old guy was quitting, getting out of the business, yeah. and was, you know, showed me the ropes, first couple shows, and then there I am on my own now, out with those guys, and I'm like, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Like, the first show we did was at the Greek Theater. Oh, I fucking love and that. it was show. like a summer yeah. night, yeah. and the crowd, nobody was trying to kill themselves or yes. jump on stage and there was no insanity going yeah. on they were like decent people yes and the jason what's that guy that's on that show how i met your mother-in-law jason oh jason siegel jason siegel opened the show wait what yeah i'm like doing what playing piano you oh, know he's he plays, fucking good he yeah, yeah 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 he was the opening act Shut and up. he was hilarious yes, he's so funny and i'm standing there and i'm watching this guy <laughs> And he was so funny and so down to earth and just, just cool, yeah. you know? And I'm like, I'm looking around and I'm like, this job is not going to suck at all. Fuck yeah. These guys are cool and they've got cool friends. And, <laughs> and so I'm like, this isn't bad, you know? And then, so we're doing shows and Adam at first was a little standoffish. For sure. But then we kind of broke the ice. And of course he was a big Chili Peppers fan, like almost anybody. Yes. And there was a couple times where we sat down and he started picking my brain about John, you know, and about the Chili Peppers. And, and we kind of started to click like that. And then, uh, like, a week into it, I was like, this is awesome. Fuck. They're all great guys. It was just fun, you know. And it was all good. How long ago was that? That was almost 10 years ago. Or I think maybe it was 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 Dukov working? Yeah, Dukov was already with him. What did you think of him at first? I didn't like him at first. <laughs> no. Well, you know, him, for, for, him and the other guitar tech were kind of, for me at the time, kind of clicky. For sure. You know, and yeah. I was an outsider coming yes. in. But on the plus, 
they all hated the old guy. Yeah. Oh <laughs> shit. Yeah. They like. It wasn't tough shoes to fill because they were so glad he wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, for people that don't know, Mike, Mike, Mike Dukoff is a, is a really good friend of both of ours. And yeah. um, I started, you know, cutting his hair. Uh, he got referred to me by someone, I don't know, I don't know, five, six years ago or something like that. And, um, you know, like ever since then, we just, we hit it off. And yeah. as I've taken, you know, a step back cutting hair because uh, of my back and shit like that, We've still remained friends, and he's brought us to you know a yeah. few of the Halloween parties. And now we know each other, uh, and, and now and now we know each other, and um, and so <laughs> that's so freaking funny. And when you started out with them, they weren't anywhere near as big as they are. No, actually, they were not doing as well as before. It's kind of like with most bands. The first album was huge. Yeah. Second album was not as big. Third album, I think the third album was maybe at fourth was was hands all over yeah. and they were kind of on the down a little bit and um we were had been in europe and then there was kind of a rumor going around that we might be going home early cuz adam might be doing a tv show <laughs> but nobody knew anything about it yeah and then we were in germany and we had a day off and there was a meeting and they're like we're going home tomorrow Adam's doing this TV show. It's a thing, you know, the only thing to compare it to is really American Idol. Of course. He said it's kind of like American Idol, but a little different. And he's going to be one of the guys on there. And everybody was kind of like, great. It's just, right, all we yeah. need is another American Idol. Yes. Like, I don't think anybody was on board. I mean, like, even the band members were like, oh, great. Well, because like an American Idol. You know? Me, I didn't really, I, you know, I'm just working for him. You of know, course. Cool with me. But anyway, so then um, we got home and we went in the studio. Cause they go, we got a new song we're working on. We go in the studio to record Moves Like Jagger. And this was at the same time he was getting ready to do that show. And Moves like Jagger, like the drummer, I remember Matt just like was literally angry. He hated it so much. But like, uh, so they do this song and I'm like, it's catchy. For sure. Not my cup of tea, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, now the voice is taping. It's not on yet. Okay. And then it comes, like they start, the first part of it isn't live, you know, they record. So the it it's about to come on. I get a call from Gage, the Chili Peppers tour manager. He says, hey, Dave, we're getting ready to go on the road. We're ready for you to start working. You know, and oh. I said, I said, well, I'm working from Maroon 5, you know, and Gage goes, wait a second. <laughs> Gage goes, you're telling me. No. Sorry, 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 sorry. Gage, Gage is one of my best, probably my best friend. Fuck. And Gage is like, but he knew what I was doing. He acted yes. like he had no idea. And, and he's like, wait a second. You're going to blow off the Chili Peppers <laughs> to go work for a band that's playing theaters <laughs> and clubs? And I'm like, well, I go, first off, I go, there's some things in the works. Yeah. I go, and secondly, I'm not doing this for my own ego. No. I'm getting paid the same amount of money and now more. Yeah. But like, I go, they're, they're paying me the same. And I really like these guys. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. You know, and Gage goes, I'll call you back in a week. Think about it. Okay. Think about what you're doing. One you know? week. He goes, I'll tell you right now, you, these guys are like your family. He goes, and they're going to be hurt. And I'm like, well, Gage, my family hasn't been paying me for the last year and a half. Of course. It's true, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, yeah, and he's like, well, he goes, well, 
I'll, I'll call you in a week. I'm like, okay. So then he calls me back a week later, and he goes, okay, I get it. I understand. He goes, actually, it's kind of cool that you're not going to blow these guys off to go back to your old job. He goes, I kind of respect that. He goes, but um, he goes, the worst thing is, I have to hire a teabag to be the guitar tech. I go, what? what? He goes, yeah, the guy's from England. It's going to be a pain in the ass getting him visas. It's going to, everything's going to suck. Yeah. You know? Anyways, this guy, his name is Ian Shepard, and he's one of the best guitar techs in the world. Oh, fuck. And one of the coolest guys you'll ever meet in your life. Like the perfect, perfect it's just, fit yes. for them. You know, yeah. So he became their guitar tech with Josh. And... I can't tell you how much respect I have for that guy. He's okay. awesome. He works. He works for Robert Plant. Okay, what? this guy works for Robert Plant. Yeah, he's fucking definitely really good he's at his dude. job. Yeah, yeah, he is. The you dude. know. So, anyways, um, yeah. So that's just how that happened, you know. And I stayed with Maroon Five, and then when I went to see those guys, they were like, they totally understand. Yeah. You know, Gage was kind of being dramatic. Of course. You know, but I mean, they get it. They you get know? it. Yeah, they totally yeah. get it. And then, and then Maroon Five just. And then the voice and moves like Jagger just, it's been a constant steamroller ever since. And that's like nine years ago. Yeah. Ten years ago. Crazy. About nine years ago. Isn't that, that's, that's so crazy for a Even band. Gage has said to me, he goes, that turned out to be the right move. Of because course. the Chili Peppers, they, they go through these periods where they don't work at all and they don't keep anybody on retainer. One guy, Chris, the drum yeah. tech guy, who's, if I could afford it, I'd put him on retainer. <laughs> just to keep him around <laughs> but but damn man you know in in your life you've made some uh you, uh, maybe not the right decision but it yeah. was the right decision because you know a lot of people when they look at their life it's like in the moment and i get it but i always say you have to look at your life from a macro perspective a bird's eye view mm-hmm. and it's, it's, I, I i i always think of radar from mash that left mash to pursue a movie career yeah it's like <laughs> currently residing in the where are they now file but, but it, 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 exactly and now you know, and, yeah and, and, there's and now, bad career decisions out of there. course yeah how much uh how much longer do you think you'll be doing this for i don't know i'm getting old you know it's it's funny um i'll probably be doing this as long as i can yeah. you know because it's it's funny it's like it's not like a lot of jobs where you get to a certain age and you retire. Well, the other thing too is guys I know that are older than me that are still doing it. You know what I mean? You feel funny. It's like, okay, I'm a roadie, you know, I'm going to be 60. It's like, but it's, it's almost like I'm semi-retired anyways. I mean, last year I think we worked maybe two and a half months that's fucking beautiful and the rest of the time i'm at home and i'm making enough to get you know pay my bills and yeah yeah you know i mean it's it's i don't really see myself um, unless i can't do it anymore i don't see myself retiring and i can still do it easily you know of course and it's another thing about this job the better you do it like the further along you get the easier it gets like I couldn't, I couldn't work for King Diamond today. No, because that involved driving a truck, setting up all day long, tearing down till four in the morning, and then hopping in a rider truck and driving to the next town. Or you know, I could not physically do that today. Of course. So, but I can do what I do now because you know you're flying to these places <laughs> and it's 
fairly easy. Yes, you know, yeah. and they take care of you. Which yeah, is, they do. You know, and that's that's the beautiful thing about it. You know, for for people listening, you know the the things that I've just heard from many different people in mm-hmm. your in your fucking crew. They always say the same thing about you know about Maroon Five is that they, they take care of you guys. Yeah, they do. They're and, good dudes. You know, and I and I, I definitely respect that. You know, I uh, I I've had so much fun having you on. Here. You have no <laughs> fucking clue. But I want you to, <clears throat> as we wrap this up, right? I want you to share like a fucking Ozzy Osbourne story. Oh yes. Uh, oh. You know, at least one man. You know what? There's a few. If you got to, there's a few certain stories well if you that, can share that are really fun to tell there's a few I, I i can give you a couple well ozzy there was there was so many things that went on that you can't like i can't remember everything but there's <laughs> certain a certain couple of things one that really stands out how about how about one that stands out and then we're going to bring you back on because okay i know you got a fuck ton more stories and i just i first off i love listening to it and i know people are gonna okay let this. me give you two stories uh, you give me 10 stories i'll, I'll give you i'll give you time. the aussie my favorite aussie one okay and i'll give you an eddie van halen story shut the fuck that is up amazing that is possibly my favorite story I'm, ever i'm gonna get you to start a podcast <laughs> okay check this out all right ozzy osborne we're doing rehearsals at third encore yes and this is a place in in, in burbank all right and um Ozzy does his rehearsal, like he'll come in and it's like everybody's ready. It's like they say Prince would do the same thing. You come in, he goes up to the mic, he says Crazy Train. They start playing Crazy Train. He says whatever song, like he'll just name songs and they start playing them. Everybody has to know every song. Really so there's well. no set list or anything? It's just- well, not at rehearsals, no. Okay. He'll just like blast through songs. Okay. And he'll dig one up early and everybody knows it. But I mean, he's got Mike at the time. Mike Borden on drums, one of the best drummers in the world. Joe Holmes on guitar took lessons from Randy Rhodes. Robert Trujillo on bass. I mean, he's got the best musicians in the plant on the planet, and they're all super great guys. So it was a lot of fun. How? How? One second. How? You know, sometimes when he's talking, it's kind of hard to understand him, but then he sings, and it fucking works. It does work. I mean, oh, I'm gonna take a beating for this. You don't have to say. No, it. Black Sabbath. My favorite Black Sabbath. Yeah, is the Dio Black Sabbath. Wait, what? Heaven and Hell, Neon Knights. Favorite Black Sabbath stuff is the Dio stuff. Okay. So I'm not like a big fan. You okay. know? I mean, I'm a fan. I, I like the Aussie solo stuff. Yes. But Aussie Black Sabbath to me, I don't think it was... I, you know, it's funny, right? <laughs> you're you're, you're going to get your head chopped off. Oh, I, I, no, I'm just joking. No, it's true. I take a beating for that yes. all the time. Another one is I knew Johnny Ramone. I mean, like he was friends with John Frusciante. I was sitting in his driveway when he died in the house. I mean, wait, what? Yeah. When Johnny I don't Ramone. like the Ramones. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what the fuck? You were in the driveway when Johnny I was Johnny sitting Ramone... in, Johnny, in Johnny Ramone's driveway when he died in the living room. Because I took John there. They were friends. Oh, my God. And John doesn't drive. So he calls me up. He's like, I got to get to Johnny's house. He's dying. And so I picked him up, brought him over there. And John goes, do you want to come in? You should probably come in. And I didn't want to see him die. So I said, I'm just going to wait out here. And it was crazy, like cavalcade of stars. Eddie Vedder, um, uh, Elvis's daughter, Uh, Lisa Marie. uh, Lisa Marie Presley. 
Rob Zombie. I mean, crazy people going in there. Just all to come see him. All to see his last moments. What, what did he pass away from? Cancer. There we go. That's what I thought. But yeah, he, he was in a lounge chair in his living room. Crazy. Sherman Oaks. Damn, I can't. The life you've lived, my friend. That's crazy, it's, right? It's, it's it's fucking nuts. Ozzy Osbourne. Okay, yeah. Ozzy Shout Osbourne. out to Johnny Ramone. Fucking yeah. respect. He was funny too, but he really was. But um, but anyway, so Ozzy, we're we're in the room, and Ozzy shows up for he's doing a photo shoot before they start playing. Okay. So I'm still changing guitar strings. You know, we're kind of everybody's kind of milling about. Ozzy comes in, and he is like gig ready. He's like got his rings on. He's got the makeup. He's got the you know velvet coat thing, and he's ready for a photo shoot. He's Ozzy, and yes. normally he shows up in sweatpants and a t-shirt, <laughs> and it just looks like an old guy with long hair. <laughs> but here comes Ozzy, right? Yes, photo ready, you know. And the photographer's not ready. They're kind of getting stuff set up. So I'm over there changing strings, minding my own business, and he comes over to me, and I kind of do a pretty good Ozzy. So he comes over, he's like, "Fuck, man." I should have told her to fuck off. Oh, that is good. <laughs> Thanks. That is really good. And, and I looked at him and I go, oh, yeah, he, they're not ready for you. And he goes, no, 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 man. I should have told Mrs. C to fuck off. I go, Mrs. C? He goes, my wife. <laughs> he calls her Mrs. C because C is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah. You whisper. Rhymes right with runt. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm already laughing, right? I'm I laughing. love it. So he's, he's like, I go, what do you mean? And he goes, yesterday, she she made me go to Kukuru. Now, Kukuru was a, a chicken place that I think has gone out of business. It was a chain I don't even know the hell chicken restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> This was in the late 90s, you know. And this Kukuru place was a, kind of a fad for a while. Yeah. And there was one over in, uh, down in Actually, I think I know Larchmont about area. Market. Yeah. And so he goes, she made me go to Kukuru, man. You know, and I'm like, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, it was fucking mad. I go, I go, why? And he's, he says, well, okay, we're in the car, right? Sharon's driving. I'm sitting next to Sharon. And Amy and Kelly are in the back. Now, Kelly was like 13. Okay. Amy is his other daughter that was never on the show. Yeah, yeah. I was like, and she was about 15, 16. She just didn't want to be on it? or She didn't want to be on it. Okay. Respect. And yeah, much respect. Yeah. And she's really cool. Nice. And so like, he goes, he goes, so we're stopped at a light in Beverly Hills. He says, and, and then he's like, the story starts to take a turn. And he goes, you know, you know, Sharon hates her fucking father. And I'm like, yeah, I heard. He goes, no, man, no, it's really bad. He goes, putting them together is like throwing a cat in a sack of dogs. There's going to be a fucking fight, man. <laughs> I go, really? He goes, oh, she, she hates him. The kids have never met him. I go, really? They don't know their grandfather? He goes, no, they've never met their grandfather. He goes, so we stopped at a light in Beverly Hills. What the f he says, and there's a man crossing the street. And Amy says, look, there's Tony Curtis. He goes, and I look, and it's not Tony Curtis, man. It's Sharon's fucking father. Shut up. Shut This is me and him, just the two of what us. What the fuck? He's sitting on a road case while I'm changing guitar strings, and he's telling me this. 
And I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, man. So Sharon, she fucking starts yelling out the window, you motherfucking cocksucker, motherfucker. <laughs> and he looks at you and goes, you fucking, he starts running towards the car, waving his fist. He goes, and I'm sitting there praying for the light to change. Shut up. <laughs> this is like verbatim. What the fuck? He goes, I'm praying for the light to change. But please, God, help me. <laughs> and then he goes, and then he's this close to the car and the fucking light change. And we drive off, and I'm I'm thanking God, man. <laughs> and he goes, and then Kelly, bless her heart, Ke- no, no, Ke- Amy. He goes, and Amy, bless her heart, says, Mom, why do you hate Tony Curtis? <laughs> ah, shut up! <laughs> swear to God. And I'm just dying, right? I'm just like, dude, that's amazing. Fucking yeah. awesome. He really, it was, it was amazing, and. I just was just pissing myself laughing. He was so, and he's like he had this crazy little grin on his face. And you don't know if it really happened or if it's something he thought just up. fabricated in his brain. But he told me it happened the day after. I mean, he's like, it happened yesterday. But he would tell these crazy stories about Meatloaf. Meatloaf lived across the street from him. Okay. And uh, what's his name? The Christian singer uh, from the 60s. I forget his name. He was a really famous guy. And he lived next door. And he would talk about it. He was like, that's fucking mad. I got him living next door. I'm fucking meatloaf across the street. Everybody wants to be my friend. <laughs> it's so what funny. What the fuck, man? <sighs> my cheeks freaking hurt. <laughs> Sorry. My fucking cheeks hurt right now. Yeah. I, I, I want to thank you. Uh, from the bottom of my heart coming on here <laughs> like uh, this is by far one of the uh, the best experiences I've, oh, I've, I've ever had and uh, I, I really hope that you'll come back on here I really hope that you'll you'll start a podcast and let me help <laughs> we'll you talk out about because it. I don't know what do. you, uh, you I don't even know how to listen to this one <laughs> I, I I will help you with everything because this shit's got to get out to the world, uh, and we'll, we'll 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 talk more about it. And thanks for not saying that I sound like Seth Rogen because everybody tells me no, that. no. I I, <laughs> I like Seth Rogen. I got I, no problem I, with I the guy. I fucking love Seth Rogen, dude's uh, dude's dude's very bad. <laughs> maybe a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Um, but uh, but uh, a- a- any last words, man? Um, I gotta pee. I, you know, I, I, I was going to tell you many times uh, that if you want to take a piss, you can go at any time, uh, but then the stories would continue, and I'm yeah, like, fuck that. And they kind of, because, you know, I, I I think about that one, that makes me think of another one. I but know. when I get a chance to tell you the Eddie Van Halen, it's my favorite story. I, 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 you're going to come back on. Okay. And we're going to save Well, I'm going to run out of stuff. I'll tell you the Eddie Van Halen. I, I, Good night. Yes, yes. <laughs> Peace out, motherfuckers. Um, thank you again. Thank you again. And um, everyone listening, have a wonderful night. Thanks a lot. Peace out, motherfuckers. <laughs>